Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. And this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hello, Daredevil. Out Now... Spoiler alert. Out Now is a film (laughs) podcast where says Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, and this time we are doing one of our fun commentaries. And this is going to be a fun... This is a fun one. This is an interesting movie I think we've picked out this time around, because we've been doing a lot of good movies. We've done, like, a lot of fun movies. This is one where it's a flawed movie... But we, but one of us hasn't seen this movie. Others like appreciate what it's trying to do, and now we have something that's basically going to wipe out this movie's existence. So I, what I'm referring to is the Daredevil film, the 2003 Daredevil starring Ben Affleck, among others. But we're going to specifically be talking about the Daredevil director's cut, um, which is significantly longer and significantly better. And uh, yeah, we're... I'm just gonna say it. I'm the one that hasn't seen it. What's significantly longer? The movie. No, 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 but I mean, like, do you know by how many minutes? Or... By, like, 20, 30 minutes. That, that's, a, that's a long Yeah, there's a whole subplot. Yeah. That's, we'll go into this. We'll talk about this. But, yeah, Abe, you have not seen this movie, correct? It's a lot of minutes that they, uh, yes, I have But you've never, either either form of this. Nope. Yeah. No daredevil not in your all. life. You're, you're like, you know what, Geely and I'm out. And even though that was a year after, you're like, I'm not going to go back yeah. and revisit this. Like, that was... Not watching it. Meanwhile, you're like, Argo was my favorite movie of that year. Like, No, it was Zero Dark Thirty. And, but before you saw it, you were like, Argo's the bomb. Like, that's, that's my ish. True. This is true. Your ish. Anyway. Ish, yeah, you're, yeah. Anyway, joining us, joining Abe and I to discuss Daredevil, the direct, colon, the director's cut. And we have from Naptown Nerd and Wise of the Blue, The Dad Without Fear, it's Brandon Peters. Call my name and save me from the dark. And from HHWLOD and the Nothing's On podcast, he's the kingpin of Pittsburgh, it's Jim Dietz. Phantom's like an MFR. There I, know, I can't see the actual thing. <laughs> so yeah, how you doing, guys? I'm good. Just well. We are the guardian devils of commentary. But yes, we are going to be talking about Daredevil, Colin, the director's cut. This is, of course, in honor of the new Netflix series, Daredevil, that's debuting this Friday, based on when we're recording this, uh, starring Charlie Cox. I'm quite excited for that. Are you guys excited for it? Yeah, it looks pretty good. I've been hearing some good reviews from uh, folks, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, Netflix hasn't really done anything poorly, so... I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I'm I, certainly looking for. We'll, we'll we'll get into this more. We got to start this movie. <laughs> We're talk, yeah, we have a, we have like an we have two hours of like 13 minutes or something to talk about this thing. So we have plenty to plenty of time. So uh, let's let yeah we'll let's delay the Daredevil Netflix talk for now and let's get right into the movie. So currently, for you guys that are listening um, and are going to watch the movie with us, um, thank you, Brave Souls, for doing so. Uh, we have the movie paused at 15 seconds in on the Blu-ray edition. That's basically where the 20th Century Fox logo is just kind of directly facing you. So um, 15 seconds in, if you want to sync it up. If not, just be happy to listen. And I'm going to count down from three. I assume all you guys are ready as well, correct? Yeah. Yipper. 
And I'm going to count down from three, and on the sound of go, we're just going to press play and talk about 2003's Daredevil. So directors, let's do this on the count of three going down. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So this, I mean, that's a beautiful 20th Century Fox logo. So this movie serves as, like, three origin stories. I mean, you have Daredevil, Elektra, and Evanescence. <laughs> wake me up um, can't wake up um, yeah <laughs> and and, sure. and uh, two of those things continue to live on I think Evanescence and Daredevil um, interesting how we get the Marvel Studios logo even though this is a Fox production well this yeah. is when they were subletting everything out right. uh, Feige had a hand in this too but not very uh, very much involvement in it from what I understand yeah, but Avi Arad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the evil, Mar- Marvel's greatest villain in my eyes. He's kind of their own worst enemy in his own he way. Is, yeah. He's evil with he's he's the he's the um he's the high he's like Toby Jones Hydra infiltrated shield. That's what Avi Arad is to Marvel. <laughs> Toby Jones. I. We're, before we get into the quality of this movie and whatnot, I do like this opening a lot. I really like the Braille idea of, like, opening this film since he's blind and everything. Like, in terms of, like, Marvel movie openings with opening credit sequences, I thought that was always clever. It kind of looks like a DC intro sequence, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's, got, it's got that tone, that dark, that blue tone, I mean, all, the lights, got, it, the old DC look. It feels more like Spider-Man, if anything. Yeah, like, uh, it, it reminded like me DC. of Sin City, actually, the Sin kind City, of you know, yeah. 3D modeling of the city, seeing it from the different angles. And... I can see what you're saying, Abe, though. Like, yeah. maybe like Batman, like Mask of the Phantasm or something like that. It has yeah. that yeah. similar kind of... Old... Is, DC, there's not much to pull from at this time. There's yeah, like, well, you have yeah, or Superman. Or, or the, yeah, the 20-minute Richard Donner Superman opening. Like, those are the yeah. things you get yeah. to pull from. <laughs> but, I, but I do like that, like, Braille touch. I thought that was, I always thought that was interesting. But, Abe, you bringing up the DC thing, that actually gets us right into what Daredevil kind of is, which is, as opposed to kind of Spider-Man, which is much more bright and poppy, or some of the other heroes that have, we've come to know that are very colorful and fun... While this movie has its share of fun because it tries to, it is a it it does have a lot of noir in it. Now I refer more to the comic and the character as opposed to this film particularly because I think, which we'll see, it has a a blend of both being trying to be what Spider Man is, but also trying to be a kind of gritty, darker Marvel hero because that's the nature of Daredevil and his Catholic well, I, think, I think the the keywords <laughs> the keywords to use uh, or the hip word to use for this now is street level. That's what they're mm-hmm. they're yeah. touting Daredevil as street mm-hmm. level. In the 80s, they referred to it as grim and gritty, and the character kind of took that cast on, of course, when Frank Miller uh, made his bones on the character back in the 70s and early 80s. That's where the Daredevil first became kind of more of a noir character in that way. Uh, before that, he was kind of a, a knockoff of, of Spider-Man in a lot of ways, kind of happy-go-lucky, had like some weird backstories going on. But once Miller got a hold of him, he definitely became like the most noir of the, like Brandon said, street-level characters. Well, the the Frank Miller version was responsible for the creation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that had a big hand in it, it was as a, well, because it was, yeah. Eastman and Laird It was a parody of it, yeah. yeah. I gotta say, I'll say this right now, because he's probably going to listen to this eventually. Scott Mendelson was supposed to be on this podcast, but you know what? <laughs> I'm happy that Jim's here, because he has comic knowledge, and we don't need Scott Mendelson. <laughs> we don't need him. <laughs> That's not true. We, like Scott. we love having Scott on the podcast. Who? Scott who? <laughs> Scott who? <laughs> 
So I like that Abe's seeing all this for the first time, because even though we're talking over it, it's going to make it a little more difficult for him to appreciate various aspects of it versus be confused by certain aspects of it. But Well, I'm still going to try and riff on it as best I can. You don't need to riff. You can enjoy <laughs> what it has to offer. So far, I mean, walking into this movie right now, I don't think there's anything wrong with what we've been seeing so no, far. No, this is a good, it's an intro that I'm like, whoa, we're going here with it. I mean... Uh, My only problem with it so far is, and it's a problem with the, I have in the whole movie, I found the leather uniform a little too shiny. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of gloss leather, it just seemed like it would make it be more utilitarian if it wasn't as, as boldly shiny as it is. But I understand why they went for that directorially, because you're shooting a lot of action scenes at night, you know, things like that. Um, also, uh, Miller is the one who brought the Catholic imagery into Daredevil, uh, especially in Daredevil Born Again, when it was revealed that Matt Murdock's mother was a uh, a nun named Maggie, uh, who went into the convent soon after he was born. Again, uh, glad so. to have Jim Dietz on this podcast to explain. Yeah. <laughs> we should also point out right now, Abe, that this is our second Mark Stephen Johnson film commentary that we've done. Do you know what the first one is, Abe? I'm not going to try and guess. It is Ghost Rider. Oh wait, I, Brandon brought that up earlier. <laughs> I was I was not on that one, but I yeah. That, that was uh, certainly one that we did. Well, you were talking about the costume. Um, this is a weird time for like superhero movies because there's like a transitional period where you just you couldn't just put them right now into their uh, you know what you can't make it look like it's off the page. You had to make it look like practical at this time because you remember Except with for- X Men they had that big old ordeal with like. What were you expecting? Yellow spandex? And everybody went, ha ah, But now right. you can put him in yellow spandex and it works. But obviously, but, Spider-Man pulled it off because that's the nature of that character. Whereas X-Men, yeah. yes, beyond being so many forms of X-Men to take it, they just went with nothing. Where that's what, I mean, I liked Daredevil for that Sopranos reason. Sopranos cameo. There yeah, we go. <laughs> this, not in very long. That's why I wanted to mention I didn't mean to interrupt. But, uh, the, the, the acting from these characters is the weakest in this movie these bullies by the way like I just every time when they interact with him they're menacing teenagers that's it like, I like, I like, like, I like, I like I'm bully number one I'm here to menace you <laughs> bully number two I'm gonna knock the books out of your hand I'm I, the guy that says yeah I like young I like young Matt Murdock though like and we get more of him in this this director's cut version there's more of this of the backstory before we get you know cut to Ben Affleck and this uh, is the part where we tell our viewers that David Keith is white and Keith David is black. Exactly. Yes. That's, right. <laughs> That's the difference. I, I can I still mix it up sometimes. They both have deep, beautiful voices. They're both they good actors. They are both good actors. Yep. Keith David's obviously better. He's Keith David, but still, I mean, David Keith's a good actor. <laughs> David Keith is pretty solid, though. I mean, Firestarter. Firestarter. Know, Firestarter yeah. over the air. White of the eye. I wrote a post today for Rand Hollywood that referenced Firestarter. Not for rent, for rent lifestyle. It was it's sorry it's sorry Charlie. It's National Sorry Charlie Day. If if that matters to any of you, and I uh, said sorry to uh, Charlie McGee from Firestarter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, backstory stuff. Um, it's interesting I, how it goes from like to uh, you know a climactic from a clim- the the denouement of a climactic battle like twenty minutes from the end of the movie, and then the rest of the movie is ostensibly this one long flashback. Yeah. Uh, it takes us back to where we started the movie at like the very last half hour. Of the movie. It's an in media rail opening, and I'm curious. Do you guys like do you, do you like how it forms this way? How it, you kind of get this intense imagery of Daredevil bleeding and dying and narrating the end, supposedly the the end of his life by going well, flashing it, back. It sets it sets a tone for the movie. Whereas if you started with this, um, the tone would start just 
you it would kind of seem like it beeline to a different tone because this is kind of very very much resembles like uh, the Sam Raimi Spider Man type origin story the way they do with the kid. You could go a step further and say this it, the Amazing Spider Man would resemble this movie if it started with with the kid. Yeah, to an extent, <laughs> which yeah. reminds you of how average if not worse, which some people say is that the Amazing Spider-Man is in terms of what it's doing. Like, it looks big and expensive, lizard creatures aside, but it's a very averagely told story <laughs> in terms of its and structure. And just like the Amazing Spider-Man, they both ride skateboards. Yeah, <laughs> skateboards, dude. <laughs> Radical, man. I just, I, I, I think people get kind of tired with origin stories in superhero movies, especially since we've had so many, you know, in the past decade or so. Right, I think, um, yeah, I with there's been a lot of training in like since the OOs with people more people are getting into like you know superhero characters origins reading reading up on them knowing who they are but back when these were coming out like Daredevil you know I'll leave in my report you had, card you had to teach puddle, he just left his his straight A's in the puddle he's upset he his he's upset I mean he got straight A's he knows what he, he got to Mc... that's not gonna take he was gonna go to McDonald's and get a free Happy Meal. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so like, yeah, you, right now, it, it, there's only one film, alley you have in Hell's Kitchen, by the way. <laughs> Isn't that the same alley he got? He got it looks beat like, up. It looks like the same alley that bullies <laughs> keep from the I, I feel like I've walked through this at the Fox lot like several times. Beat up alley <laughs> multiple times. That is something I noticed. Sure this is where Mary this. Jane and Spider Man kissed as well. Watchmen, is that what he said, Jim? I'd like to think that that alley and this whole section here are like, to, like one's in Vancouver and one's the Fox lot in LA. <laughs> There's a lot of biohazard around this area. Right in the face. Well, yeah, it's a biohazard plant. Uh, I thought it was just like a welding plant. Here we go. One of these fancy. This is now we have the X-Men credits. The this is this is like every, yeah, this yeah. is every superhero movie from between 2000 and 2005. This is Hulk. True, is this is Spider-Man. This is X-Men. This is X2. This is X3. Like it's every one of them. So this was this was the first one after Spider-Man and X-Men, right? Or did? Blade Two came out. Well, Blade Two, okay. After this, after no, no, Blade Two is before this. My bad. And then like Angley's Hulk was after Blade this. Was after then, this. It was that then summer. Punisher, after... right? No, X X Two was after Hulk. Well, X, I, I was oh. thinking inter- more introduction character. Sorry. Oh, introduction. Yeah, the introduction stuff. Sure. Like, question. Yes. Is Matt Murdock was he born you know with superhuman abilities? No, he's. He just hey, what are you them? watching right now? <laughs> No, I'm wondering if they they deviated in any way because it's like, oh, maybe he's born with superhuman strength too. Are something. you saying? Are you asking if Matt Murdock in the comic was born there or in this movie? In the in the in the comic. In no. the comic, he, in the comic, it was the the uh, radioactivity or whatever in the uh, biohazard stuff that got into his eyes that gave him his radar sense, which gives him uh, like a 3D okay. sense of all around him. And then he um, in the retcon that Frank Miller wrote, he was trained in the martial arts by a guy named Stick who I guess is being played by Scott Glenn in the new series. Um, and he's able to use that radar sense to his advantage in martial arts. And that's the cool thing about Daredevil is he's very, and I know you used the word street level, but like he's just barely a superhero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's not, that, he, that's not me. Uh, it's the, that's the hot, hot term they're using for those Netflix right, characters. Not, right. Street level. I'm, I'm just yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, Daredevil in, in you know, is, is barely a superhero, you know, like everything, uh, is fighting everything else is self-trained. The only power he really has is that radar sense. We'll get to what this movie does with that instead when we kind of get there, which is coming fairly soon. Mm-hmm. But but you mentioned Stick. Stick is in 
he's not in this film, but he is. I believe he's played by Terrence Stamp in the Electra film. Yes, 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 he is. He is. That right. is yes, yep. um, that is a movie oh. that exists. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it can be quite enough, funny at times. And sadly <laughs> enough, Ter- an actor of Terrence Stamp's caliber had to be in it. <laughs> it Peter yeah. O'Toole was in Supergirl. So was Faye Dunaway. The, so the, was great Faye Dunaway. Super, the great Supergirl, as some people say. No one says that ever. Um, ever. I've never heard I, that. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I would say I do like a lot. I like this art. I like this movie in general, by the way. We should go over that right now, by the way. Uh, do, do you guys like this movie, this director's cut? I, I like the I like the director's cut. I never really hated the original cut to begin with. There was I agree. That I liked about it, but the director's cut made me go wow, and I've never gone back to the theatrical cut since. Or no, I did one time, and it was really weird because it was missing a lot of meaty stuff. I really like about the director's cut. Jim, I, I'm kind of probably the wrong person to ask because I'm really too close to the character to be objective. Um, I mean, I used to do a podcast just based on Daredevil with Johnny M on HHWLOD. Um, I've, you know, like I said, did the Frank Miller's Daredevil comics were like some of my formative reading as a, like a 10 year old child. So, um, but I thought it was as good as they probably could have done at the time. I just thought they kind of glossed over a lot of things. It seemed like they took a lot of story beats from a lot of my favorite Daredevil stories, but didn't provide any of the context to really make me feel anything about them. But maybe that's just me knowing the stories as well as I do. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I can't really be objective about it. I, I kind of find it a mixed bag and, you know, we'll get to the particulars as we go on. You know, some of the casting choices I had problems with and. Are you referring anyway. He's really working this speed bag like a champ. Yeah, he's, 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 within, he's harnessing his powers. 10 seconds. Well, wait, wait for all this montage right here, Abe. While you, and he's also while, like 12. While you, fo- <laughs> while you focus on this montage, let me, I like that shot by the way. I, let, let me, um, talk to Jim again about his thoughts on this. Are you referring to the director's cut specifically, or do you have thoughts on the theatrical cut as well? I, uh, I prefer the director's cut to the theatrical cut. No one will argue thought, that point, yeah. <laughs> but, but I just thought overall in the movie, it just seemed like, to me, the director just got, you know, went to the comic book store, got a bunch of trade paperbacks, and like kind of flipped through them and was like, oh, well, let's use this from here. Let's use this from this. And let's and use I, that from that. But didn't really, like, I mean, you had all these disparate parts from all these great stories, but it was kind of not cohesive and not in like as bad a Stanley. pastiche as like, yeah, there's Stanley, not as bad a pastiche as Brett Ratner did in like X3 by no means, you know, but I just, I just had some issues with it. But again, I'm very close to the character. I definitely agree with what you're saying. So, and so this kid is blind now, but he still gets yeah. bullied by these Exactly. Kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They have no sense of decency. <laughs> these kids are still, they're like, how this dare gives, they? This gives us more reason to bully you because now you're really different. <laughs> oh my God. But it's okay because you know what? He's going to challenge them to fight. Okay. I, I, and by the way, their opening line to him was round two, as in like they remembered the fight they had earlier. They're like, finally, we're gonna finish this one off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're finally back here to fight this kid, even if he's blind. I don't care. I'm a bully. That's what I do. I wait, <laughs> I wait in the alley. I wait in the alley for him to come yeah. here. They wait in the only alley, as Jim mentioned. And then, then this happens. Oh, he does a he does a guile sonic boom. That's game. right. He does. <laughs> And I think there's a, like, look at camera moment right here. Who, tra- who trained is. him? <laughs> That's what I like to call the into the wild moment of the movie. Who tried to the camera? <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. The, uh, First, Jim. John Romita. Uh, one of the great Daredevil artists was named John Romita. That's, That's a funny Jack, story. Jack, Jack Again, Romita it's great to have Jim on this podcast, filling all this trivia. <laughs> 
Here's the great uh, Tio, uh, Mark Margolis, right here. Or not Tio. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, Tio. Yeah, my name is yeah. Tio. Tio um, yeah. T- what's his last name? Killing me. Salamanca. Tio Salamanca. Thank you, Abe. Biggest Breaking Bad yeah. fan on this podcast, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> also recently appeared on Gotham. He did, yeah. yes. <laughs> he's also Ace Ventura's landlord. He's, he's a lot of. He's a, this elderly <laughs> Jewish man has played a lot of great parts over the years. <laughs> Jim, Up, you, see the you horns were, on his costume. Get it? Get yeah, it? The yeah. devil, Jack Murdoch. Yep, yep. Jim, you, you referenced seeing Mark Stephen Johnson basically taking like a bunch of different comic elements and putting them all into one film in sort of like a blender. Um, it's neat. You point that out. That's similar to like a lot of people's reaction to kind of Bane's incorporation of the Dark Knight universe, where. In Nightfall, that whole arc, there's a lot of buildup to why Bane versus Bruce Wayne or, or Batman is such a big deal. Whereas the movies, like Batman walks in and Bane's just like, "Oh, hey, Bruce, it's uh, looks like we're finally meeting." But except there's a whole <laughs> movie where, like, wait, you, you we, there's no real. All right, I guess he wants to challenge him. <laughs> He's heard of his reputation, I guess. Uh, which is what I mean. I lo- I'm a big Dark Knight Rises fan. I'm pretty sure all of us enjoy it to yeah. varying degrees that are fairly positive. Uh-huh. You know, I can get where with that movie without just going off. I, I I get why people can say it's you know they don't like it as much as the first two or something, but it's still a highly entertaining film. I, oh, I just for sure. Never, yes, I've never understood how like someone could just like that's nah, terrible. I'm like, where? I believe but, one of the um, Jason is in the scene, Brandon. If uh, uh, when the uh, Kane Hodder, I think Kane Hodder sitting, sitting next to uh, Mark Margolis on on the left of him. I think we just saw a shot of him. Wait for it. I'm pretty sure I saw. If I'm not mistaken, Brandon, do you know offhand? Or... I, I don't know. There, right there. Oh yeah, that's him. That's him. That's Kane Hodder. Yeah. Yep. I so. Yeah. That is the actor that plays Jason in what? Jason. He's in eleven. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven uh, through uh, Jason X. He's a lot of people. Know. People think he's like the. He did four films, but like his four aren't really the greatest. Like everybody okay, J- loves Jason him. X is a classic. I'm sorry, Jason, I I like Jason X. I'll I'll make a case that Manhattan's when hilarious. You, when you throw someone's head in a deep fryer, I mean that's pretty cool. Do you, do you not? Are you a fan of the Kane Hodder Jason performances? Me? Yes. You, yeah. He's, you. Not, he's not my favorite. No. Um, Who there's a couple favorite? I like in front of him. I like um I like Ted Ted White from the fourth one and like Derek Mears from the remake. He was really good. The fourth being your favorite, of course. The fourth is my favorite, yes. And, and Derek Mears, he was he, he brought the he brought that emotion to Jason that we needed. Yeah, in Freddy he was. <laughs> yeah, who's who's Freddie versus Jason? That like that's Ken Kersinger. Ken Kersinger, yeah. Yeah, mm. he he actually did a couple insert shots in in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan mm-hmm. for for Kane Hodder, and and went and you know he said he played Jason before and his stuff, but he had only done a couple insert shots, but. This was all he played. Uh, yeah, new Michael Myers in Tyler, Tyler Maine, Sabretooth. Oh, Tyler Sabretooth, okay. of course. Mm. Yes, my bad. Yeah, Sabretooth. Tyler Maine. It connects to the Marvel universe that we're supposed to be talking about right now. So yeah. Yes. Speaking of which, uh, Daredevil's dad's getting beat to death. Apparently, <laughs> like that's it's a horrible death. This is a terrible scene. Oh, and look, the I sign mean, says not, end. Not terrible, yeah, I mean. but like very horrific. I mean, like their throat punching is dead. There's a lot of. I'm noticing a lot of Dutch angles in this movie so far, by the way, guys. It's like, this is rivaling oh, yeah. Thor. This is rivaling the Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> it's directed by Kenneth it's, a, it's rivaling him in terms of what it's doing. The, really, uh, the ones that really get gets me are I really notice the Dutch angles in the courtroom scene uh, coming up here pretty soon. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, 
Jim, because you'll know this more than probably the rest of us, is this accurate to his origins in terms of did dad get beat up to death? The um, it, it fairly or it's fairly uh, accurate to that. Yeah, in um, let's see, I think it was the the late eighties. Frank Miller came back and wrote uh, like the definitive, almost like the Batman Year One for Daredevil. It's called Daredevil: The Man Without Fear. Uh, with John Romita Jr., actually, the son of the original uh, artist, uh, John Romita. And uh, kind of that's where he cemented the, uh, the the part of, you know, Stick in his training, his father being killed by the Fixer, who worked for the Kingpin. Uh, so he set all that kind of backstory in motion there between the Kingpin and Daredevil uh, that ended up playing out back in his original run and kind of retconned a lot, of, a lot more depth into the original you know, origin story of Daredevil. So I think that's a five issue maxi series that's available in trade paperback. I was when I ever see him crush that rose, I'm always wondering why is his hand bleeding? He's just crushing the flower part, not the horn not the thorns. <laughs> it's like, alright, it's a really spiky rose apparently. This is the scene where Matt Murdock wishes upon a ticket and Arnold Schwarzenegger comes out to help him train to become Daredevil. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of my, um, I love this like giant close-up shot <laughs> right on the church. Um, I, I really like this introduction. I mean, we'll get to when it gets silly very quickly, but I like this introduction of Matt Murdock in Ben Affleck form, where he's awakened, he's, he's awakening he out of his, like... his, his, um, what's that called? His, uh. Hyperbaric, Hyperbaric chamber, chamber. <laughs> full of uh, vitamin water. <laughs> but you, I mean, but you get it. You get like why he'd be this way. I guess to a, to a point. Like I like the the way this works, and just seeing his process of him getting up, where you have all the he's all these scars, the sound design on showing his bones creaking and things like that. Like there's a lot done to like give you a sense of this is a man who's beat himself up trying to be a a, a fighter throughout his life to protect people. Yeah, I know he's. Like, it's also very emo. This whole with the soundtrack. <laughs> I remember him like chewing pills in this too. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of the the scene with Thomas Lennon again in Dark Knight Rises. You know, where uh, he tells Christian Bale, you know, how beat up and torn up his body is, and how you know he, he he's, should be, you know, he's lucky he can walk or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm looking up Mark Steven Johnson here, and I don't understand how Johnny he was Birch? the go-to for. <laughs> Yeah, the writer of um, Grumpy and Grumpier Old Men and the the Michael Keaton Jack Frost. Um, one thing, the Michael Keaton Jack Frost and the, the Michael Grumpy Keaton. Grumpy Old Men. And you're yes. also forgetting a little film that he wrote called Big Bully with Rick Moranis Bu- and Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm just like, I'm like okay. It is very yeah, Dutch angle Yeah, these yeah, Dutch angles are driving me nuts in this. Finally, we got the Fabs in here. The Fabs, Marvel debut. Marvel debut, John Favreau right there. <laughs> It's almost like the whole place is painted in Arkham Green. And this guy, what's his name? Um, Worst rapist in the world. The That's not the guy from the... No, and you, it's funny you say that because... It's not the guy no, from I was the Goonies? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I was you're about right. to say that I because bet. he always reminds me of Robert Davi, who's in the Goonies and Die Hard and in the License to Kill, the villain in that film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I always think of that. But um, it's it's like his it's like his understudy, who plays like the, the shadier, <laughs> balder version of his characters. You know... I, I'm surprised when when Iron Man was happening, the the nerd storm didn't come around going. But but Favreau is already Foggy Nelson. He 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 can't, can't direct a movie and star as the bodyguard. Of 
Paul Bet Victor. Car- is Laura Carlinger? No. Oh. Is that Laura Carlinger? Yeah, looks like her. His close ups are just a little too close. His hair is a little bit too Goodwill Hunting Part 2. Yeah. It's not frosted, though. It's red. Because <laughs> he's a redhead. A believable one. <laughs> but yeah, now we got adult Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson practicing law. I am. I'm gonna, uh, I know we're, we'll probably touch on it at some point, so I might as well start now. The um, I'm interested to see with the Netflix series because they're able to take a lot more time to work on the origin and Daredevil starting up and everything. Um, you know, as opposed to this kind of compressed version in this movie that we get. Yeah, I want to um, see him studying for the bar and, you know, getting ready yeah, right. for law school. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope the first Color chapter of the studying for the bar. <laughs> Here's the, this is the stuff I'm thinking of. This all, this ridiculousness right here. Yeah, he, this it's is all the, much. this is the Batman forever Batman Robin suit up scene where he right. like, gets all the, gets all his equipment ready. And I remember, I remember Ben Affleck was on Conan, and they showed this clip of him doing this, and then jumping off, and it cuts back to Conan. And he's like, "That's how I get prepared for work every day." To make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Where, where have you guys been with like Ben Affleck? Like, have, have you been because he was a uh, kind of still has it. I mean, he's kind of shaking a lot up, but he's a pretty hated actor for a, a long time, and I, I've never been a hater of him too much. Here, here, here's where I can be completely happy in saying that I've always been a fan of Ben Affleck. Yeah, and it's largely like, because of his Kevin Smith presence. I, I think the mm-hmm. the films that he does with him, I largely like. And like Daredevil, I, I, yeah, like like Daredevil. <laughs> but I also this all this stuff with him jumping around is like the exact problem with a lot of the movies. I mean, it's almost as if he's not. It's blind. way too well. He has radar vision. He can see. It's well, fine. But in terms Kevin of Smith, the way, the, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Kevin start, Smith it, was the one who recommended him to be Daredevil, wasn't he? Right, because Kevin Smith was large, like he was like attached to this for a long time, and I think he ended up just doing like a, a polish or something, uh, an uncredited polish, and then a cameo in here. Because he was attached to like a lot of superhero films. He wrote he wrote the comic Daredevil when they yeah were he did yeah he did write yeah he yeah he wrote comics and but there'd be a superhero movie and he end up quitting. But I think this was one of them he was attached to. Also, the name of the uh, rapist is. Panada, who is a Daredevil artist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Casada, who ended up being editor-in-chief of Marvel uh, for many, many years. I think he might even still be editor-in-chief. He still is, yeah, because he has a Cup of Joe panel every year at com- the various cons. Right. What I was saying about Dare- Ben Affleck, I know we're going to get to some action real quick, but what I was saying about Ben Affleck... Um, I've I've always liked him as an I I've always liked him as an as a a celebrity I guess as an actor I I definitely think he's gotten stronger Hollywood Land and Beyond which is like 2015 2005 um, in this kind of 99 to 2004 era certainly not his best years and he knows that and we know that but I never hated him for any reason largely because he's such a fun affable person in commentaries and behind the scenes and things like that. But the thing was, he was become. I mean, he was getting to do whatever he wanted. So I mean, that's like, you know, like when Nicolas Cage was like, you know what, I'm going to be an action star because I have the clout to do that. So let's yeah. just do this. You know, that's, like why? Yeah. I don't blame the guy. Like, hey, you want to be a superhero? Oh no. It's hey. the kind of thing where I feel like, yes, I I think he he went a little too hard in embracing the be a Hollywood star as opposed yeah. to an actor that picks and chooses, which is where I think Matt Damon. 
not that every move every not that they need to be compared to each other all the time but after goodwill hunting i think matt damon stuck with taking on prestige roles or roles that kind of meant more while ben affleck went the more hollywood route yeah there was uh, a time where affleck was bigger than than uh matt damon and then matt damon kind of came back and surpassed him like again it was, when, it was when it was when it was the sum of all fears versus Born Identity, where Born Identity yeah. ended up making more money and and was you know better received. Even though I like the sum of all fears quite a bit. <laughs> and who can forget Forces of Nature? You know, of course, ninety nine. This this scene though, I just hate the way it's lit. I hate the way it's choreographed. I, and um, I don't know, it's just so disorienting, and you can't really see the action very well. I don't. I, don't know, I just really didn't didn't uh, do a lot for me. Uh, there's aspects of this that I like in terms of kind of what they're trying to do, but yeah, it definitely feels like a person that's not an action director taking on, and obviously there's second unit stuff involved, but still, regardless, the 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 way they're trying to make Daredevil in action work, while like to, to kind of make it fit to what he is a, a capable of as a fighter, as a superhero that has his abilities, mixed with you know the 2000s sense of action movie isnism. I mean, yeah. not only that, but this looks exactly like Predator 2 when Predator's changing mode. You know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Largely inspired, I assume. That said, yeah. I, there are some, like, this is a cool, like, there's cool shots in this. Like, I think there's, there's, there's certainly, the effort's there, I would I would say. I think that yeah. it's not, it just doesn't come through completely as it would. That said, we, we're talking over it, but there's a lot of scenes where the suit was originally black. It wasn't supposed to be red. Um, it was, a, they did have a black suit that they made. Um, and there's a lot of shots in that scene because it's not as well lit as other scenes where you can still see the black suit that they're using. Obviously, the Netflix series is very much going back to that look, even like kind of the a Dread Pirate it, Roberts look. The Dread yeah, it's yeah. the yeah. it's the it's the Mark One look for Iron Man as of, with with Daredevil, where it's you know he's right. got a black mask on, black uh, nylons, what Which have a you. Picture, a picture of his red costume hasn't leaked, has it? The closest we've got to seeing, I like the shot. The closest we've got to seeing the red costume is in the motion poster where where um, Matt Murdock's walking, and in the puddle you can see the the semblance of the traditional Daredevil costume. But no, good on them for not releasing, yeah, the actual costume yet. Yeah, because yeah, as much as Marvel loves, just you know, here's the plot of five movies down the road. It's pretty. Okay, here's something that bothered me about this. All right. His, his powers or his 3D sensing ability is a lot, mostly based on sound. Mm-hmm. Why would he come tra- track this guy down into a subway where he knew this would happen? I mean, he knew, I don't know. It's not like he didn't know the trains were coming. I mean, he could be just pissed off that this guy's trying to get away and he really yeah. wants to kill him. I mean, that sounds that sounds like stubborn Daredevil to me. Yeah, I suppose. Is Daredevil all about the. Uh... The dead justice, like Punisher. Yes, Derek oh no, like he does, he's not really supposed to be a killer. Ah, uh, okay. Or I was like, I was the other opposite would be Batman, where he's like breaking on your legs, but he's not going to kill you. I remember this 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 sequence, um, a work print or a piece of it from the work print leaked or something before the movie came out. I remember watching it on my friend's computer, be like, "Oh, that's kind of cool," because I was you know in college and I was like, "Oh, this is darker." This is, I mean, this is a scene where you can look at a scene like this, seeing Ben Affleck in full costume and being, you know, intimidating, and see why Batman could make sense for him. Like, I've certainly been supporting it, but beyond just Affleck having a strong chin that works for a cowl, he does have a presence like this that kind of, he can be intimidating if he needs to be, which I think does serve him well in various roles that he's taken over the years 
and kind of this 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 kind of second part of his career where he's been able to play deeper roles. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I, I'm I'm a, yeah, I'm a supporter of Ben Affleck as Batman. I, I, mean, I think I think of things like Gone Girl, obviously, because that's probably his best acted role at this point. Or, but even like um, State of Play or. We, you know what's funny? You know what's funny is everybody liked Ben Affleck until they were they. You know everybody was on board with him. Back to you know it was like he's very popular. And the Batman <laughs> thing happened, and oh look, polarizing. Joe Pants. Like I said with I was going to say Pants, if you made a yeah. movie between 1998 and 2005, it had to have Joey Pants. Joe, Joe yep. Pants or Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I mean, right now he's actually in the Matrix. Look at the color scheme. Yeah, yeah. right. So. This, yeah, this is this is that subway. No, um, you know, I, I also said if if um, after you won the Academy Award next week, if, I was like, if Matthew McConaughey were announced as like Aquaman in the next movie, all of a sudden everybody would forget the past like five years of liking the guy. I don't know. I kind of think people would accept Matthew McConaughey as, as Aquaman. I feel like he has that surfer attitude. Where people are like, you know what? Hmm. Probably not. Probably not a bad idea. I love that Daredevil apparently at some point was like, "Let me make sure to tell the card." Like, like the crow is one thing. It's like, who cares? Like, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's the crow. But like Daredevil, who's trying, who seems to be trying to keep him a low yeah. profile, <laughs> like just leaves well, this like done, gasoline outline. It's done by just the same to, street artist who did the similar uh, motif in Dark Knight Rises. That too for yeah. uh, for Batman. You know, it'd be funny if they looked over and there was like the the first run and putting that and there's like a mess up pile. And it, the gas, like the fire, leaked over to it. I'm waiting for the superhero that sets up an elaborate scheme of dominoes, and one has to knock one over to take all of them to, to sync up at some point. <laughs> I like this a lot, just yeah, how he opens his log. He just gets them all loose and stops them. He just, he's like, I think this is kind of where. No, he's got he's got radar. But he's good. At, that's yeah, what he does. He's, he's Daredevil. Yes, Jim. So Daredevil does not kill. Is that your thought? Or he doesn't directly kill? Is that what? No, not in the comic. No, in fact, there's a there's a whole uh, issue right after um, spoilers. Electra is killed by Bullseye in the comic. Where Daredevil's playing Russian roulette with uh, Bullseye, and the whole episode, the whole comic is him pointing a gun to himself and then do a gun to Bullseye. And no, he he's definitely in the Batman camp. You know, he'll he'll break your legs, but he won't kill you. As opposed to this film, where he is pretty more than happy to let someone die if the situation presents totally. itself that way. Yep. Which that was I, one of I the mean, problems I had with the movie, you know, the depiction of the character. I mean, he doesn't directly kill anybody, though. He he just more or less <laughs> doesn't, doesn't he doesn't try to them. save him, which is what Batman yeah. does. At Batman yeah. begins, by the way. I was as well. say with Rachel Gould, yeah. I don't have to save you. Well, there's also the thing of what's he going to do? Tie him up and throw him in front of the police station? He could have. Like, like <laughs> he, he was happy enough to. He's got to address it to Lieutenant. He was happy like, enough to leave his here. gasoline outline. He could have just tied him up. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> A very, very niche gasoline outline, by the way. He's got backup masks. He's got back he's got everything. He's got it rolling. This is where we get the kind of seeing all the pain that he's gone through as being Daredevil, which I do like I mean, again, I like this movie and I mean it has yep. it has its flaws, but it's doing like a lot to show you who this guy is. Like look at that, look at his back. It's just like terrible. See, it's like I mean, by a Rottweiler. of the superhero films of, of this this particular era, I, I like I like this one better than um, the Angley Hulk. I can, you know, I can certainly watch it more often. Um, and like the Fantastic Four, I enjoy this one more than those. He just doesn't want any of his molars. It's, it came out. What's he gonna do? Put it back in? Yeah. <laughs> Need some super glue? 
Gotta go to the dentist. Get a cat. You will go to the dentist, but not right now. He's in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, d- is this like a, a sanctioned apartment building, or is he just in a building? He lives in a church. Ah, okay. All right. Wait, does he? I think so. That's where that is. It's not the it's not the church that he's that he's in at the beginning of the movie. Like, yeah, I, don't I, think thought, I thought it was. I thought it was like. No, it's like an apartment. Was it? Like, yeah, it's not the church. Oh, I thought it was like a secret room in the church. No, I mean he'd go if because he'd he'd fight bullseye if that was true. Okay. This is a uh, part of the where in the director's cut portions. Now I'm going to point this out for Abe if I can. Uh, this uh, stuff is not in the theatrical version. This is a whole subplot involving Matt Murdock discovering other crimes that are taking place in Hell's Kitchen, the city where he lives, of course, or the portion of New York where he lives, of course. And it's going to come into play later on in the uh, the rest of the film. The the parts of the movie that help it make sense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I mean, geez, we're how many? We're 36 minutes into the film, or... Three seven. We haven't met Electra yet, or Kingpin, or yeah. They take this movie. I mean, it's even yeah. in the in the uh, theatrical, it does take its time into introducing us to other people. I mean, it has the whole origin set up to be. Yeah, with. there's that word. Yeah. 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 Here now we get some more of the Daredevil's Catholic guilt. <laughs> But I mean, it does like what I like about this director's cut beyond beyond bringing back a subplot that you know helps this, helps flesh the story out. It does give the room, the movie room to breathe. Uh, I mean, that's something I like about Spider-Man too, as well, where it's like it's extended not because we needed more action or we needed other things or or we needed more Easter eggs to set up future films. It's just no, it has time to kind of allow itself these character beats that do affect the movie overall. Like I I care more about what's happening because the movie has some time to give us that and now we get just good stuff with ben affleck and john favreau like this is stuff yeah. i could watch all day just them hanging out in a diner talking about things. swingers mix meets boiler room no it'd be like him from goodwill hunting and john favreau yeah. from swingers yeah like <laughs> he's gonna put his, his coffee on layaway and every week he'll get to pay out <laughs> six cents okay i'll build it up It's just like the stuff they're talking. Like it just feels like every bit of this is improv, and it's like just put them on the table and talk about like cases they need, and then like gold. And it's like replace the honey with uh, mustard, and uh... <laughs> now isn't uh, Daredevil in the comic? He's blonde, right? Jim, Chipper, you back? Chipper. a lot of mustard in the coffee. I mean, well, he thinks it's honey. Oh, I thought that he he may have uh, realized that it wasn't. Uh, Abe, he has super senses. Let me let's just take some time and wait on that one. <laughs> he's like he's like a strawberry blonde. He like, just he just talked about Fight Club. <laughs> How dare he? In the world of Daredevil, Fight Club is Fight just Club a exists. Movie. It's a just silly a kids toy. <laughs> I, but I like that they're having fun with that. It's like, I'm in the fight. Yeah. That's why. It's like, it's just like yeah. random banter. You're, you're right that this scene, I haven't seen the movie, but this scene is, is pretty extended. Not for like any regular reason, but just it's fleshing out these characters, how they're talking, whatever else. It's not really pulling away and saying, this is not 
uh, material stuff for a superhero film. Yeah, this, so yeah, I like th- that. This is uh, this is a little longer. Like this scene is it? This is uh, this is all in the movie again. Like we, 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 it was once he when he went to sleep. That was all the stuff that's in the director's cut. No, no, no. But I mean, just oh yeah, just, even just them at the coffee yeah, table just for sure. chatting. Uh, Brent. Jennifer Garner wearing contacts. Jennifer Garner, yeah, she she's, has very green eyes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what, see, I, is Jim back yet? Jimmy back? Not yet. Okay, waiting on Jim. But um, <laughs> I'm not a huge, this is when I was not a huge fan of Jennifer Garner. Like, I haven't always been a fan of Jennifer Garner. It was Juno and after, I'm a big fan of Jennifer Garner. But every time I saw, and I, I wasn't a big Alias fan because I watched the first episode, I was like, yeah, I don't need this. Um, I, I heard it got better, but whatever. Um, Man, she had me from Dude, Where's My Car? Thank you. But I, my my <laughs> issue with her has always been that she seems to whisper her lines with intensity, like everything that she says. And I just, watching her in this movie, it's like, all right, she's trying to play like aloof as Electronachios, but didn't do much for me. They, beyond the like, with the, uh, the beyond that fact that they look good together. And now they're married with children, so good on them, I guess, mm-hmm. for this. And he was with, he was oh, with yeah, Lopez at this time, right? Because this is yes. the run of Daredevil, Paycheck, and Geely. Well, it wasn't Lopez, it was Jenny on the on block. On the block. Oh, and, and, and Jersey Girl was in there, Jersey too. Jersey Girl, of course. <laughs> Jersey Girl, where there was like, you know, 40 minutes of stuff with him and Jennifer Lopez before she yes. died. And then it suddenly became five minutes of stuff with her. Studio mandate of get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Weinstein. Yes. That's it, Brandon. Uh, Matt Murdock. He's he's blonde sometimes, but he's like a dirty blonde in more okay. than more recent comics, like it, like a strawberry blonde. Emphasis on the strawberry. By the way, you mentioned Conan O'Brien earlier. One of the things that I didn't like about Jennifer Garner was she was on the show being interviewed for whatever, and Conan used the the word uh, "snuck," and she she thought that that was not a word, and he pulled out a dictionary and <laughs> pointed out to her that it was a word, and she was pretty embarrassed. So you don't like her because she was embarrassed? No, no, no. I thought that was like a, oh. a a weird thing to point. It was one of those things where she said, "Also, you went to Harvard. You should know that." And and it was just funny. This is the scene that I think turned a lot of people off from this movie. <laughs> because uh, as you're watching it, you'll know. Ideally, it's supposed to be like, here's a meet-cute between two characters that happen to be exquisitely trained in martial arts, but it comes off as <laughs> this is a scene that involves wire work, little kids watching, two people be crazy people as they fight on seesaws together. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the Street Fighter setup there. <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're just, gonna, they're just they're going, going for it. That's that. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah, this... You, you've got to give them credit because they're they're actually doing the scene, you know, instead of like having uh, action doubles or. Anything. You know what's For funny? Sure. If, if this movie had come out after Matrix Reloaded, because Matrix Reloaded was the summer after this, right? It's the same. It's the it's, summer. Uh, same this same is, year. This is, fe- same, this is February two thousand. Okay, that, that was had it come out just months after the Matrix Reloaded, people might have taken that as a parody of the uh, Smith's fight scene, <laughs> and it might. <laughs> Maybe it was accepted because yeah. it, it seems to be, you know, it, in hindsight, it, it feels like it could be a parody of that the scene. This is, I mean, this is a Valentine's Day release, so this is the ultimate yeah. love romantic meet cute right here, right? People are walking it's in. Got these... It as had opposed, like a as opposed opening... to as opposed to Ben Affleck, and he just he's just not that into you. This is the Valentine's Day people wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, this was like, yeah, set a record, right? Opening weekend for Valentine's Day? I believe. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a big superhero movie on Valentine's yeah. Day. <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't catch your name. What was it? Electra. Electra Nachio. Electra Nachios. Yeah. Oh, okay. Turn those subtitles on, bro. <laughs> oh, she's an enforcer. She's not an enforcer. She has enforcers. Follow her. Oh, okay. She she needs bodyguards apparently. By the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jim, were you able to see that amazing scene just then? Is that oh, one I've of the... seen it before? I've seen it before. Is that one <laughs> of your scenes that you call to as one of the the highlights of this film that you tend to support? No, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest. <laughs> not so much. In the in the comics, Electronachios is this. Uh, this uh, uh, olive-skinned, dark-haired, uh, Mediterranean descent, like a uh, Greek uh, 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 ideal woman, and to be played by Jennifer Garner was kind of a letdown for me. I mean, she's fine. She's very attractive and a good actress. I just didn't think she was right of the role. If, According this... to Aaron, good actress post Juno. Yeah, I have well, she... <laughs> Juno onward. I think she's she's fantastic in Juno. I think she has an amazing yeah. scene. That... Like and she does a great job in that role. And since then, I've liked her more. But beforehand, I was like, "Yeah, all right." She was great in. Um, it, I didn't think I the could... movie was good, but yeah. Men, Women, and Children. She was very good in that one. I still haven't seen that one yet. I'm waiting for that to be on Netflix at some point. It's well, interesting this, too because oh, wait a minute. This this stuff here. Now we get <laughs> we get an NERD intro to Michael Clark, the late Michael Clark Duncan, N-E-R-D. as as uh, the kingpin and the great Leland Orser's in this uh, scene as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. To Brandon's point, it's 45 minutes into the movie, and now you have a clear vision, a shot of It's Superman. Yeah. The way they're telling, you know, we don't meet Lex Luthor and Superman for like an hour. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the, you know, they, they try to make this a Lex Luthor in some ways, of, <laughs> as far as kind of this universe. Do you remember the stink people put up with, uh, oh, Kingpin's not black? It's like, who cares? I, see, I... I I don't. I don't care about that aspect, but at the same time, I don't think Michael Clark Duncan made for a very good kingpin. I, I could see yeah. where they were coming from with it, though. Like on paper, it I could have been like, okay, this might. Oh work. yeah, in terms of He's like physically, scene. definitely imposing enough. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. that's why I'm. I'm so high. the thing that got me most excited. Michael Clark oh. Duncan just killed two guys. See, that's why he ends up on the Green Mile. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> those little girls were all grown up. I mean the the, uh, the the thing that has really brought me to the table on the Netflix version of Daredevil, even more so than anything else I've read, is is D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. I mean that just seems like perfect casting. He really uh, is, yeah. yeah. He's one of my favorite actors, so I mean I am incredibly psyched to see his portrayal. Abe, you brought up um, Affleck's hair from Goodwill Hunting too, Hunting Season. Leland Leland Orser embodies that right now with his his frosted slick tips that he's working with. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, Jim, definitely Vincent D'Onofrio. The Hulk, I mean, the cast of this new Daredevil, I'm very happy with. Oh, Uh, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin's like, of course. That's an amazing pick. I'm so happy to see it. I mean, and that's kind of, I mean... Someone, I mean, and Michael Clark Duncan definitely has the physicality of the comic book campaign, the kind of impo- you know, imposing physical presence of of, of Wilson Fisk. But I really think D'Onofrio is going to have like the, I don't want to say, um, the I guess the gravitas that that character really needs to have, especially if they're going to go with the long, you know, more of a long story as far as an origin showing, you know, 
you know, the the kingpin and Daredevil as nemeses, you know. I, I just think, I mean, so, he's also just a better actor. I mean, all due respect to Michael Clark Duncan, yeah. I, love, I love Michael Clark Duncan. Right. The whole nine yards, I think he's amazing in that movie. Be, I mean, Green Mile, obviously, but I mean, other things too. Right. But I just, it, it could be a directorial thing or just the way he tried to play it, but it just, it never worked for me as far as what I know the kingpin to be versus what Michael right. Clark Duncan tried to bring to it. It just right. feels more like very big uh business guy that kills people like it it, it, it like even yeah. like the animated spider-man show like that got that got kingpin down like that's what i remember like, that's how oh I yeah knew, i mean yeah you have the whole yeah, you have the public face of him as a philanthropist and and <laughs> captain of industry and you don't get that at all in this movie he's always you know mr diabolical and chewing scenery and in a this way you know what i mean so yeah Whereas right the animated see, series did get it better <laughs> well whereas well the other villain in this film that's over the top I think fits perfectly. I, I know there, there's some. There seems to be a lot of controversy about the quality of Colin Farrell in this movie, but I think in terms oh, of the he's movie, all in. It's in good. terms of the movie that it's he's good. in, he definitely went for it, and I loved it for that reason. And hey, I, look, as, it's director's cuts, Coolio. There we go. Yep. Coolio. Yep. It's part of, one of the one of the perks of the director's cut is that you get the subplot back with Coolio that's yeah. excised from the uh, theatrical cut. One of the pluses yeah. is that you could say the Daredevil movie's better when Coolio's in it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you distinguish <laughs> this cut from the theatrical cut. The version and, that has Coolio is the better version of this movie. <laughs> yep, that's right. true. And then uh, it also has what, Mike Novick, 24th Mike Novick. Novick. Yeah. Uh, and I think Ellen Pompeo has lines in this version, Yeah, Ellen Pompeo's right? not just in the background. We actually get to hear a little bit of Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Um, Yeah, we like all of that's gone, and it just cuts right to this after. Like, we just get back to back kingpin scenes. Except you, like the actually the director's cut doesn't have kingpin killing folks for no reason. <laughs> mm. Now yeah, here we go. Like, yes, here's the intro we wanted to wait for. This is where the movie starts. Some people say, no one says that, but still, I mean, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> this is. I was like, really? Is that what like, people they're say? Playing, they're playing the song. They got Colin Farrow here, not looking, drinking. Colin Farrell drinking again. As this I always he... say, Colin. As I always say, Colin Farrell's always better when he uses his Irish accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He. Uh, this is when he was like, they were just like throwing him in our face. This was yeah. He... This was when they were grooming Colin Farrell to be the next yeah. big thing. Because it was he... like it was like it was he did Tigerland got attention. Then it was like Minority Report. This uh, then the recruit phone phone booth. Phone booth, yes. The, the recruit is terrible, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's not a very <laughs> yeah. phone booth. I really like. That's one of the few American accent Colin Farrell rules that I really like. Actually, <laughs> I'll go to bat for it. I don't care if anyone disagrees with me. I love phone booth. I think that's a terrific movie. I think Joel Schumacher did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not something I get to say very often. So there. Let me show them my horrific scar. Because you know I'm not scary enough. Well, that's why they call him Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to shop at Target. You mentioned I mean, Tigerland. Really. <laughs> you mentioned Tigerland, by the way, is one of his like the breakout role for him. Another yeah. Jill Schumacher film, by the way. That's a great movie. I, it like, is Tiger a great Land, movie, yeah. and he's very great in it. And that's another. Basically, Joel Schumacher and Colin Farrell need to work together more. <laughs> like that's what I know now. Yeah. No. It. it yeah. It was. Um, was Tigerland or no? Uh, was it? What was his follow up to Batman Robin? Was it Eight Millimeter? Uh, eight millimeter. Yes. I mean, okay, so he did Tigerland after that, but Tigerland was like a smaller movie for Schumacher too, right? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and Tiger, yeah, I mean, a lot of the times you could, be hard you to could make argue... A, you know, to, any movie after Batman and Robin would have been a small yeah. movie. Well, he did 8mm, so, I mean... Yeah. Uh, 
But, like, you could argue that Farrell was like, oh, there's that generic white guy they throw in our face. But, like, I mean, he has a great performance in Tigerland. It's like, get this guy more movies, basically. And he did supporting roles, too. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Report, the Morty Report, yeah. Like, and then he took lead in The Recruit, the highly acclaimed Pacino. Highly acclaimed, yes. <laughs> um, but, oh, here we go. Tigerland, American Outlaws. Um, that's a movie. Oh. Um, Hearts War. Bruce, oh, okay. Bruce, yeah, that's right. Bruce Willie and Terry House. Um, and yeah, Minority Report, Phone Booth, The Recruit, Daredevil. Uh, let's see. He has a cameo in Joel Schumacher's Ver- Veronica Guerin. That's a movie. Yeah. It's a movie uh, I just heard of now. I know. And, and then, <laughs> and, 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 2003 was huge for Farrell, actually, though. You, you, got, you, have, um, you have The Recruit, Daredevil, Veronica Guerin, SWAT, which Abe and I are fans of. Oh, yeah, SWAT. Are you yeah. the swatty or not? And uh, Intermission. And I've seen Intermission. That's uh, that's an independent uh, Irish film, actually, that I really like. It has Cole Meany in it, too. And and uh, Killian Murphy and Kelly McDonald. That, that's, like, that's, a, that's a fun little movie. So I think also once like people got, like quote-unquote, over the Colin Farrell thing, like he's done more interesting movies since. Oh, for sure, yeah. It was like after um, Miami Vice, I think, was like the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The trailer. There was like all the moments in, in Miami Vice. No, I think there, I think there's a think solid it's... there's a solid 90 minute movie in that two and a half hour movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that trailer park um, shootout. Is shootout is the end. Awesome. I mean, every Michael Mann shootouts are always fantastic. Let's face yeah. it. Yeah. But um. <laughs> uh, well, not not so much public enemies. True. I couldn't yeah. tell people like, who was getting shot in some. Yeah, exactly. I exactly agree. <laughs> uh, I mean, Alexander. That was like that was a re- that was an end of that. I mean, that's an Oliver yeah. Stone problem, not a Colin Farrell problem. <laughs> but yeah, then after Miami Vice, it's like Woody Allen with Cassandra's Dream, and then In Bruges. Obviously, people love that movie because uh, it's great. Very good, yeah. um, Seven Psychopaths. Seven Psychopaths. The, there's uh, the Peter Weir's The Way Back. He has a he has a supporting role in that movie. I enjoy. He's I like him in Crazy Heart. I like his small role in Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges. And coming soon, True Detective. I forgot about True that. Detective he's got going, too. Yeah, I mean, the small uh, Total Recall independent film, that was something. Uh, <laughs> I really like him in Fright Night. He's great in Fright Night. Oh, yeah, he is great he's in Fright Night. Fright Night. Saving Mr. Banks, he was my he was one of my favorite parts of that movie. Oh, sure. These lawyers are uh, kind of breaking a lot of laws right now. Hey, he's Daredevil. He's Daredevil, come on. <laughs> By the way, every, we we talked over everything Colin Farrell did, but he did like kill a guy horribly. I believe he choked out an old woman. I mean, like he's, yes. he's his daredevil performance <laughs> is ter- he's a terrible person. <laughs> no matter what, good or bad, he's memorable from this movie. I like to think that they shot John Favreau like fixing these wigs and sculptures for like forty five minutes before they stopped him. <laughs> just, he, he pulled like a Chevy Chase and just did lots of like physical activity on this. Did we get enough? No, keep going. Oh, I'll. Oh, jeez. Oh, 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 yep, 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 yep. <laughs> what about that one? Here's a fun. I'm going to read a trivia thing because I just saw this. When Michael Clark Duncan was cast, he weighed 290 pounds. He was asked to gain 40 pounds for the role in order to play fit the physique of Kingpin. In order to do this, he would lift weights for 30 minutes a day and power lifted with one or two reps a day, as well as eating whatever he wanted. Wow. Wow. Also, Stan Lee disliked the film because he thought it was too tragic. <laughs> yeah, well, and, Stan Lee's version of Daredevil was pretty happy-go-lucky. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so was this was this apartment scene? Uh, in all the, of this yeah, stuff is in the director's cut because this is a, the entire case revolves around this woman that was murdered and Coolio being accused for the crime. And so, obviously, taking out any part of that would mean you can't have any of that in the film. So, yes, all of this gotcha. is the director's cut. Plus, if you it references back to the, him coming out of the sensory deprivation tank, one of the things he hears as he's coming out is this crime. He's in, is yeah, he, he sees the it. woman like so, in, he's, so he, in his radar vision that they kind of right. in the film they make it you know real. They he sees a woman that's been shot, and uh... too much television watching got me chasing dreams. Mm-hmm. By the way, that well, the that, great thing is he's twenty. That little now. code that he put. Oh, here's the old women thing. But yeah. <laughs> the that ups that that mom thing with the number under it. I I love that the, this and like Thirty Rock are what I think of when I see mom and think, oh, it's an upside down wow. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Farrell is having a hard time sitting next to this. Yes, here. I want to just let Abe see this. <laughs> I'm still I'm still waiting for the evidence. No, just wait wait for this scene right here as Colin Farrell yeah. listens to this old woman talk and talk and talk and talk as he has headphones in to distract himself. He's, he's just, uh, <laughs> wow. He's, uh, that's why they, that's why they call him. Oh, Paul now Wright. he listens. Just, that, like, that intense like, death stare. Like he, he is all it. in in this movie. He goes for it. Like, he's, he's, he is he's committing at the highest yeah. level. I like how it took not a Schumacher film for him to go over the top. <laughs> More because... <laughs> More peanuts, wow, please. That is, that's it pretty is, dark. Like, he fit right into the Batman. If the Batman and Robin film was like more, like less candy and a little more like vicious, even though it's also like a cartoon, like he would fit perfectly into that film. True. This, this is, is also, we, this is a period of time where he was mugging the camera a lot too. This is this is where we play what villain, what Batman villain would Colin Farrell fit for? Oh, what Batman yeah. villain? Hmm. Zaz. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I can't think Perfect. of anything else now. Oh, Jim Dean's got it. Five points. <laughs> <laughs> I like it that the judge is like, <laughs> it, it's not the stereotypical, but watch yourself, counselor. It's more of get it over with Matt Murdock. <laughs> There's a lot nicer courtroom there than they were in before. That's right. <laughs> because, because it's a man on the stand and not a woman. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This is all director's cut stuff, I believe, too. Yeah, and well, of course I mean, it's you don't, Coolio see, you don't even see Coolio in the director's cut. Yeah, I just this this gag that they're trying to do to get audience sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for providing comic relief. Um, <laughs> Matt oh, and, and this is speaking of Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, Kevin Spiritas right there. Oh, there mm. He was in uh, Part Seven with Kane Hodder. Matt and Electra's playground fight took four days to shoot. By the way, oh, it was intense. You know, it would have been just someone needs to re-edit that and put like um, a health bars that build up when they do that pull away shot. Yes. And he, it's <laughs> his when he when he grabs his stick. Guy Pierce was offered the role of Daredevil, but he turned it down. He was my pick for Batman for Batman Begins. Based off the the, the time machine, you're like, I need to see Guy Pierce do this. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, no, it was, uh, he had worked with Nolan on Memento, and I, uh, I, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if he tried to if he tried to run it by them and they just didn't go for it because he's Guy Pierce. I thought he would have been fine, but yeah, better than the, the Joshua Jackson, which was one of their final choices, wasn't he? And uh, David Boreanaz. David Boreanaz because he hadn't uh, played him for like seven, hadn't played Batman for seven years. Already. Yeah, he was already doing the Batman TV series known as Angel. So yes. Which it really is, if you look at Angel, especially that first season. It's pretty much Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been replaced by the Batman series known as Arrow now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think he was still with J-Lo when he was making this movie, right? He was, yeah. It's like a Mr. and Mrs. uh, Smith situation. Well, this was the the part of the run that, like, crushed him for a bit. Because we were talking with this, uh, Geely, Jersey Girl, and Paycheck were... Boom, boom, boom. Paycheck. Oh. I, I remember, uh, like, Surviving Christmas was, like, the last time we saw Aff, like in, like, a major motion picture. Yeah. And, and then he... That movie went, like, right to DVD, like, a month later. Yeah, that was, like, the quickest, like, theatrical to DVD. Yeah. And then, um, like, the biggest thing he showed up in before his comeback was, like, Smoking Aces, and he was in it for five minutes at the beginning. There was smoke. I mean, Hollywood Land, he got a lot of support support for. Well, yeah, that was the start. That was the start of the comeback. I mean, that was before Smoking Aces. It was before Smoking Aces? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, uh, yeah, Hollywood Land, Smoking Aces. He's just not that into you, which is three years after. It was Smoking Aces and he's just not that into you. That's three years in between him doing things. Um, that's 2006 to 2009 because, you know, he got married and, you know, had kids and stopped doing stuff for a while to take some time and assess what he wanted to do and make then make a Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone was just, just out of the and, and then decided to direct some really Yeah, exactly. Gone tracks. Baby Gone is 2007, by the way. Um, okay. But um, when he came back, because he, he's just not into you, that was the first time I've like, seen him in like years, and I'm like, you know what? Affleck's probably like the most solid character in this movie. I really <laughs> <like>. <laughs> um, and yeah, State of Play, Extract, he's like, a, he's, he's like playing a funny character, and he's like the comic relief in Extract. Mike Judge's uh, movie, he's like Jason Bateman's best friend who gets high all the time. Um, a random role. You think Kevin Smith's going to pull off getting him for Mallrats 2? Dep- I think it depends on if Jennifer Garner lets him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. she she's, she's not she's fond of Mr. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I gotta, yeah. Because I'm just wondering if he's holding out because he keeps talking, you know, he, he's got pretty much everybody who's appeared in the first Mallrats, and I'm wondering if he's, like, holding that off for the end. But, I mean,. If he could even get him for like a cameo, but I can't. I couldn't imagine him, imagine him not cameoing in Mallrats too. Like in jail, as Shannon still getting yeah. horribly abused. <laughs> as we last maybe, saw him in Mallrats, or maybe he's he, he got released and now he's the manager of the fashionable male. <laughs> yes. I mean, in a perfect world, he'd be a co-star in the film, of course. And... Yeah. Oh, they're on. They're on Navi now. Yeah. Now he's just seeing a bunch of. I do like the idea of this, where he's he gets he gets excited by rain because it can form so much, and he can he can see. Right now, he's like, "Whew, she's attractive." <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Murdock. They, they don't really bring this up in the film, but he's a massive misogynist, so it's yes, really exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't really tell, but you can really tell if you're paying attention to the other to- yeah. undertones. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Stanley thought it was too yeah, dark. There you go. 
Yeah, uh, like going back to the Mallrats thing, though, I, I've been, yeah, Kevin Smith has been tweeting, uh, like pictures of each of the cast members as he, uh, has gotten them back. I guess he's got pretty much everybody back except for Affleck and maybe Jeremy London. No, he got Jeremy uh, London. No, he's got Jeremy oh, London. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah there's a picture Zoe of him Lord. holding a Jaws with the two up. Yeah. Yep, Zoe like, Lord is back. Who's left besides Affleck? Who's the other? It's just so funny because when that movie came out, it was just so reviled. Like everybody hated it so bad, and I thought it was pretty funny. I liked it. Oh yeah, you know, I love comic geek, and I, I thought it was pretty great. And but I remember just everybody just bagging on it. And Smith will never make another movie. Oh, he's a one trick pony. Oh, this movie's terrible. It's eight million dollars down the drain. You know, just like and now you know, you know, twenty years later. Oh, it's a classic and. I think it, it's got, you know, from, like, I, I enjoy it still, but, like, I can see, if you're looking at it, like, as, like, a film critic looking at the structure and stuff like that, yeah, it's it's got some problems <laughs> and stuff, but it's it's an enjoyable film. That's still a lot of slurries. I, honestly, I, I listened to the Mallrats commentary. The commentary is fantastic. The commentary yeah, is yeah. hilarious, and I've actually, I've watched, I've listened to that more than I've watched Mallrats, the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, is this, is this the... They do. That's again. That's why I like Ben Affleck a lot because he's hilarious on comment. Him on like the Dogma commentary is hilarious. Like he's oh, yeah. if you when they get you, him, they got like him and Jason Lee together with Kevin Smith and that and Smoger. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, good. yeah. If I'm recalling this correctly, is this different from the theatrical? In the theatrical, does he doesn't he not fight? Doesn't doesn't he stay with Jennifer Garner? Yeah, he does. Yes, yeah, I, I believe like yeah, it's the, different. They have a more involved uh, love scene. They have together. sexy time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, like he hears the crime, but he he refuses to go after it because she keeps him and keeps him there. While in this version, he goes and beats the crap out of this person. Yeah, they wanted more. They they went yeah. back and wanted more love, lovey dovey stuff. Yeah. He was not kidding around with that guy. He like beat the hell out of him. By the way, the um part part of the reason that the effects look so cartoony, um, and you know hinder the film. Um, which is part of why Scott Mendelson is not a fan of Daredevil, um, and he's not here, um, is that Spider-Man was so huge, it was such a big success that Daredevil was like, well, that movie did pretty well, so this movie's going to do well. We should probably give it more money. And so they raised the budget from $50 million to $80 million. Um, It was successful. Like Daredevil made its money. But artistically, it actually hampered the film because they gave them more playground to work with as far as spending on giant elaborate wire work effect scenes and mm -hmm. cg over the topness as opposed to the possibly more street level daredevil that people may have wanted to have seen instead more batman-esque kind of, or batman-esque yeah. as opposed to more marvel super poppy colorfulness it's kind of amazing to me too how that like cgi from like the like first spider-man movie like right around the Right around the turn of the century, there has not aged well at all. That I like, mean, that was my comparatively. That was, always, that was always my problem with the first Spider-Man movie. I'm not a huge fan. I I like Spider-Man a lot because of Willem Dafoe and some of the the earnest performances in that film and what Sam Raimi's trying to do. But watching Spider-Man in action from a like in terms of swinging around the city, and this is something I uh, Roger Ebert pointed out in his review, which he didn't like the the first film. While he gave four stars to the second film, he just seemed like he didn't belong in the universe. It seems so fake to me. That's how I felt about it. Watching, it's like, all right, they they tried. I mean, the the human stuff's good, but then you get the sequel where I think the effects are terrific. They stand up today really well. Oh yeah, Oscar-winning effects for the second Spider-Man. But yeah, in Daredevil, it's the same. And there's a scene 
coming up where we'll see a big example of how the, the visual effects work is kind of like, oh, this is what it looks like when a character bounces around in CG mode. But. Now, Daredevil, we were, before the rights reverted, like, Joe Carnahan was working on it, right? And he had, like, a 70s yeah, kind of a, grindhouse. Yeah, he did a version. sizzle reel for it that was really kind of cool that he wanted yeah. to, like, yeah, very taxi driver like Scorsese's seventies. If I remember, I'll put it in the um, I'll put it in the show notes. The yeah. link to that YouTube. They clip. couldn't. They couldn't like turn the paperwork in on time for it, or they just weren't confident about it. So rather than just like giving it a try, they like, yeah, you can have the rights back. Yeah, it's a shame. Which again, which is, I mean, you can look at a lot of what Joe Carnahan's tried to do over the years and see it as a shame, even though he's turned out some very good movies. The stuff that he's done in between those good movies tends to not go very well. Like his Mission Impossible idea that he worked on for a long time with with TC. Um, Other various things that they're trying to pull off of him. He's had a career. She looks so young. (laughs) Ellen Pompeo, yeah. Abe, you there? Okay. She does not look like Poe Renee Zellweger in this at all. I wonder what a Daredevil, like, if they never made this movie and they're, you know, Marvel had the rights to Daredevil and they're making, you know, all the Phase 1 movies and what have you, what this movie would look like now. Like, how they'd try to approach it, because it's obviously, if you want to make the ideal Daredevil, you want to go darker than, say, Thor, Iron Man, or Captain America would be. Yeah. I don't think he... He fits because, like, what kind of like all these Marvel movies try to have these big grand endings, but what does what does Daredevil like save the city from, like, in a big like grand battle? A uh, you know, big in, in a giant spider, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, without going like way ridiculous out of where it is, because I mean, he seems to be their, their desire with him to seems to keep it more grounded as much as they can. I think mean, that comes with the territory of Netflix. Yeah. You have a TV show where you don't have to go big. You can just go with, you know, right. Keep it but I think that's and the I mean, right idea. And it seems like the tone the TV show is going for is definitely would be an R rated movie, I would think. Right. Just from what I've seen so far in the final yeah, level. It's probably going to be like a hard, a hard, a R13. Um, it's right. with the TV because it, you know, it has that element because it's Netflix, not ABC. Um, right. Whereas I don't know if uh, Marvel Studios, you know, a big ten, you know, part of their big temple release schedule would include a rated R uh, entry. I mean, I don't know. Oh, they tried that with Marvel Knights, with Punisher Warzone, and um, yeah, even Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance to an extent, even though it's PG thirteen. But it, you know, it, it tried those to go like those weren't Marvel Studios though. Those were other studios where right. Marvel just. You know. For sure, yeah, but it had the Marvel Knights label on it. Like, like Fox, <laughs> like, and Fox is just, I mean, they announced the Deadpool movie is going to be R. R, yeah. yeah. So I would think Which, until, like, this kind of, uh, going back to your, your, uh, so quick, uh, um, your, um, Sabriquet there, uh, street level story, you know, you definitely, you know, if you want those normal elements, you want that edge of violence, you definitely would have to go for an R. Or, so I, like, I, the Netflix movie, or the Netflix show we'll be doing, you know, it, it would be in, the, I would think it would be in that same territory if it were a feature film. I guess in terms of fitting it into the Marvel universe, yeah, I just I don't know how that would work exactly. I, although, I mean, we have we have Black Panther coming up, although his ex- exploits are a little uh, bigger than Daredevil's, I would say, I guess. And, oh yeah, uh, a little, a little, <laughs> yeah. And um, 
Doctor Strange, but that's a whole different realm of reality yeah. when it comes to Doctor Strange. <laughs> well, I mean, right. they're rolling out the Daredevil show as part of uh, you know a series of four. There's going to be one of uh, Elias, Jessica Jones, and then Power Man, and then Iron Fist. And those are all characters that work Luke well Cage together in there. the same. Yeah, right. Power Man. Well, Luke Cage, Power Man. Power Man. Um, you just uh, all those are all characters that work well together amongst themselves. Now, I don't know, like you're saying, how well they would play with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like whether there would be a cameo for them in Infinity War you know, down the road when the Russos get around to making it or whatever. But uh, it sure would be cool if they, if they did. You know, how crazy yeah. would that be if that actually gets like pulled off in that capacity where you have like Marvel, you have like Agents of Shield, the uh, the the Netflix shows. And all the Marvel Universe characters and like Guardians of it, like somehow all of that fits together into like two movies. Like that, you just, that's insane. You just call right? it quits after that. You don't get bigger than that, right? That's insane, <laughs> right? Isn't it? Like, yeah. there's nothing. Like, what else do you do? Like, what's next after that? Uh, the next, the only next step would be like, hey, Star Wars, you guys want to come over to the next one? Like, that's it. That's and all. Ant-Man, apparently. <laughs> and Pirates, and, 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 and Dominic Toretto in the game. Yes. Vin, Vin Diesel and the gang drive through at some point. Yeah, like it's just... it's crazy. As, as a, you know, um, growing up as a little kid in the seventies, Iron Fist, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, the, the book they had together in the seventies and eighties, it's always one of my favorite comics. So I'm so excited to see them come to the screen. I'm dying to know who they're going to cast as Iron Fist, though. Um, you know, um, one character Marvel got back that I, I'd really like to see on TV would be uh, the Punisher, like on FX mm-hmm. Network. That would be perfection. Yeah. I just want like Tom Jane to go away and like secretly make a Punisher movie and like release it like crowdfunded. Like I just want to see that happen. <laughs> Ray Stevenson's my Punisher. You like Ray so. Stevenson more? Oh, I love dude. Warzone is uh, insanity, and I love it. I, it's it's crazy. I <laughs> I could. There's the yeah that dinner scene is, is amazing. Crazy. I enjoy that whole movie a lot. That's that's my favorite Punisher movie. I I do like that movie. I still I like the Tom Jane Punisher movie quite a bit. I mean I, I it has flaws. I think all of the Punisher movies have flaws, no mm-hmm. doubt. And I, I I really like what Lexi Alexander was trying to do with that with Warzone. I like the kind of over the top gothic coloring and just we and Looney. Ben Jim, Looney Ben Jim, uh, yes, um, and McNulty, like all the stuff that they're trying to do with that movie yes. is, <laughs> is insane, and I and I like that to an extent, but I, I do like I like what Tom Jane was doing with that performance. I I think it yeah. just, yeah. I, I feel like a sequel to that movie would have been pretty good. That's yeah, what I no, I, I I enjoy to some degree. I enjoy all the Punisher movies, even though they're they're flawed and weird, but they're it's an interesting journey going from Dolph to Tom Jane to. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. I remember being very yeah. excited by because I I feel like I, I think I just finished Rome when Ray Stevenson was cast, and so I'm like, oh fuck yeah, they got, they got Titus Pulo, <laughs> they got Titus Pulo to be to be Punisher. This is amazing right now. <laughs> then I saw the movie and it's like, well, that had a guy doing parkour and get hit by a rocket launcher in midair. So I haven't seen exactly. that before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, yeah, this yeah. Is, we. Oh, Lexi Alexander did a really good podcast about the making of that movie on how did this get made on yes. Airwolf. Yes. Uh, she talks about the entire prog- process of her getting hired, making that movie, why it's the way it is, why there's Parker in it. Why uh, Why it was... uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was heavily considered to be the villain in that film and probably could have yeah. been a, done a good job, which which surprised me, but also was like, yeah, I would have liked to see that. Yeah. 
We jumped way over my favorite line of this movie, which is where Matt Murdock tells Foggy that her name is Electronachios, and his response is, it sounds like a Mexican appetizer, by the way. I, I, <laughs> that line kills me every time. <laughs> sounds like a Mexican appetizer. Electronachios. And I'm like, yep, that's good. Delicious. Beverly's always been great at being that side guy. Like, that's... He could be, like, I mean, he's, you know, he's Mikey and Swingers, though. He well, could, yeah. I was going to say, he's so money and he doesn't even know it. Exactly, I mean, thank remember, you. remember, like, the breakup, he was great in oh, that yeah. one. I think every, it's, yeah, I, you point that out, and that's funny you mentioned that, because I feel like Vince Vaughn, time and time again, proves that he's not the leading guy, and I don't want him to be that role. I think he's much better as side character, but that said... In these various Vince Vaughn movies where he has been the lead and he and Favreau comes along for the ride, he's consistently great as his sidekick as opposed to the other way around, like yes. the Swingers had made. Where, like, yeah, he's in, in the breakup, he and, him and Vincent D'Onofrio, and I believe Cole Hauser, uh, they're all in that movie. Right, yes. Um, I, I believe Vincent D'Onofrio and Cole Hauser are, like, his brothers, and they run, like, a fairy yes. poor yes. thing or something. But yeah, John Favreau's in there, he's fun, he's, he's in, like, Four Christmases, he's fun, like, he's in Couples Retreat. Like he's like random roles that John Favreau plays as mm-hmm. side character. Maybe his best side character role though, or just like supporting character. I love you, man. I think he's absolutely yeah. killing it, and I love you, man, in so many ways. Um, Vince Vaughn, you mentioned, um, also of True Detective season two. Yep, like, there you go. Like Daredevil's Colin Farrell. This is like the guy that always reminds me of F. Murray Abraham. He's like his low rent version. <laughs> Same with like the low rent Robert Davi. We have low rent Academy Award winner yes. F. Murray Abraham. He's in the Mummy, I believe. Like he he just plays like random like just like a seemingly confident guy that's probably scheming in some way with a goatee. Like an award I was gonna say low rent Miguel like Ferrer, like a... but. The I <laughs> I feel like we have this this quadrant of this guy Miguel Ferrer. Robert Davi and the guy, the Casada guy that got killed at the beginning, are like all of the same, occupy the same space in some some degree. Basically, it's B movie character actors oh. galore. Is is that Electra's yes. father? They're both named uh, Nachios and they're speaking Greeks. That that makes sense. Why Jim was saying earlier, like she's you know she's supposed to be olive skin. You think if uh, if Daredevil was made now, would Olivia Munn play Electro Nachios? God, I hope not. Oh no way! <laughs> I feel like that'd be the notion. That's where they like where they'd want to try to go, though. So that's the kind of thing that that would happen. So. I, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what they would try to do. <laughs> no, I could see him giving it to Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, she might. She'd be a good director. Still no evanescence. Dude, we'll get oh, there, Dude, they're like, saving it, man. You gotta yeah, save the quality the stuff till the end, man. This is a this is a scene in the movie. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Definitely um, a scene. I'm there are closing. highlights and lowlights of what we're seeing right now. <laughs> it and in, in essence, in evanescence, some would say, this is like that centerpiece action scene of the movie where you have hero and villain encountering each other for the first time, big events taking place and what have you. That said, there's a lot of <laughs> that bell buckle. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's there's a lot of stubbornness in the way all of this plays out. Nobody notices this guy. No, yeah, no one's seeing this. 
It could be just mistaking uh, uh, Bullseye for like a street street magician. (laughs) David Blaine. (laughs) Some crappy David Blaine rip off. David Blaine meets Chris Angel. Matrix. Now he's pissed off because he's missed. Unlike El Ray, who never misses. Right. <laughs> I, I like that there's a lot of suffer. posturing in this scene <laughs> in terms of like what we can do. And here's some fun CG that's coming right now. His running is. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a full sprint. <laughs> that's not what that looked like. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> I, somehow he, he he took this, by the way. <laughs> and here's some. I guess Electra's like so like not aware of what's happening that she doesn't realize that there's this guy that exists, but only sees that this red staff thing is here, and so clearly that's the reason <laughs> that her father gets killed. <laughs> I'm just standing here. I'm not hiding or anything. Wow. I mean, he threw that with a lot. Yeah, because that's not a that's not a pointed tip. That's just a straight up. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's blunt. a blunt tip. <laughs> that's like throwing a butter knife really, really hard, Jeez. like from a hundred, two hundred feet away. It's here's really a, awkward. Can I have that back, please? Uh... Wasn't she there earlier when Matt was saying that he's not the bad guy? I think even Mark Steven Johnson in his commentary doesn't really like how the CG looks when Daredevil's like trying to get away just then. It's like that scene and some of the stuff in Blade 2 is always like the scenes that stand out to, in Spider-Man, obviously. Some of the scenes that stand out to me is like, oh, this is when superhero movies were trying something but didn't quite pull them off. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just the cusp of being able to pull those kind of things off and make them look almost believable, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, very artistic. <laughs> Get it? Joey Pants. He's back. Joey Pants gonna figure it out. It's a nice looking, uh, it's a nice color on the game. You wanted to be back in the Matrix, now you're here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to speak, and he doesn't want to remember anything. He's angry now. I really need to model my studio. <laughs> He's not gonna be able to see to clean that up either. I imagine he just plays. He's gonna. He's well, no, he just play the music really loud, and then I'll vibrate was... the room, the yeah. cement room that vibrates, obviously. <laughs> A lot of helicopter work in this movie, by the way. I keep noticing. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's supposed to be set in Hell's Kitchen. We really just get, like, it's just New York. Like, there's not really, like, a definition yeah. of Hell's Kitchen yeah. in this film. And it's definitely not real New York. It's definitely Studio New York. Oh, for sure. So so the soundtrack to Daredevil featured songs from Fuel, The Calling, Saliva, <laughs> Seether, everyone's favorite, Nickelback, Drowning Pool, <laughs> featuring Rob Zombie, The Nappy Roots, Ooh. Featuring a, a Marcos Curiel of POD, Moby, Evan Essence, Chevelle, <laughs> Hoobastank, 
Uba the stank? stank? They got a the stank of, in this one? Uba stank right before they, your eyes. They put the stank uh, on Daredevil? Yes. <laughs> before they blew up, they blew up big with the Spider-Man 2. The reason. Yeah. The reason is you. I mean, that soundtrack is almost like Batman Forever where they have like YouTube. Don't you talk skill. ill of the Batman Forever soundtrack, Abe. <laughs> I know it soundtrack. is. Kill me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. <laughs> Yeah. Is, there any, is there any dashboard confessional on that soundtrack? Or, um... No, but there is uh, Finger Eleven and uh, another Evanescence line? song. Another ev- Their other song, My Immortal. That was another that's, big one for them. That's my bad. Yeah, have, uh, Dashboard Confessional Spider-Man 2. There is Hoobastank yes. on that soundtrack too, but the, the reason's Dashboard Confessional. Spider-Man I, I... 1 had Nickelback. So Nickelback plus Marvel. Oh, yeah, Sp- that, was, that was a big thing in the early 2000s. Spider-Man 1, that song, Hero, was huge. So like I I just I I'm I'm assuming Avi Arad was like guys. Well, guess you know what's what? funny. Nickelback is available to make a song for Daredevil. Let's Nickelback did the song for Spider-Man One, and I think they had the lead singer from Saliva. Daredevil has Nickelback and Saliva on their soundtrack, so they had oh. something going with with Marvel. Does uh, the Hulk have uh, Nickelback on the soundtrack? The whole cat. What was it? It's the band that um that Slash formed with like Chris Cornell. Or oh. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh or, my God, was it Velvet called? Revolver? Velvet Revolver, yeah. It's Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland, nice. there we go. Yeah. Okay. I, remember, <laughs> I remember that was like the song of the, of, uh, in Ang Lee's, you know, his, uh, <laughs> the film that the Hulk is versus the soundtrack that that movie has. <laughs> oh boy. And then uh, uh, Punisher had like that broken song that played like nine times throughout the movie. Like every yep. time they're hanging out at the apartment and like Rebecca Roman was being all sad, it was like, cause I'm broken. <laughs> I, yeah. But nothing compared to to um, Hero from Spider Man. Yes. Hero! <laughs> Let alone uh, Evanescence in this movie. Like this is the pinnacle of incorporating pop, mu- pop rock music yes. into superhero films. Whereas now. The soundtracks are barely mentioned. Like in Iron Man three and Avengers, they both have like soundtracks with like rock artists, but you rarely hear about them. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they were using modern music to drive it. Now they use like more classical. Like because Iron Man had like you know Iron, Iron well, the Man's, first the first two Iron Man were the first two Iron Man rock. Black Sabbath, they, had Iron, yeah. they, had, they had Black Sabbath, and they had uh, yes, um, ACDC. ACDC stuff. was ACDC right. was the Iron Man two soundtrack, and it's terrific. Iron yeah. Man three just has like it has it has that Disney contract, so they're like, let's just we can just put a bunch of random rock tracks inspired by the film and call it a soundtrack. Same with Avengers. We just passed over this entire Coolio scene of him like him and Foggy trying to bullshit their way through a case while Matt Murdock's not there. <laughs> he was high at the time. Well, the way, everybody remembers uh, Thor had right said Fred all over it. That was did it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like what, what? Wait, Evanescence. Oh yeah, here, yeah, it starts right here because we're gonna. Oh wait, no, we're, we're this is this isn't the big Evanescence scene. You'll get there. <laughs> yes. No, I'm waiting for a bring me. Hey, Abe, you'll know what it's Abe, it's its own. It's its own music video. Don't worry, it'll happen. Yes. <laughs> okay. You'll know. You'll know. No blind melon. No stained. No blind. blind. This is probably a very jippable movie or a meme-heavy movie, by the way, if you just count the number of times Ben Affleck has his glasses on and has his mouth agape. <laughs> John Reese davies portrayed Kingpin in The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. I want oh, to yeah. see this. Mm. Does the, yeah, because the, they had Rex Thor Smith and Daredevil. Daredevil those, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Bill Rex Bixby Smith directed Daredevil. it. 
Yes, Rex Smith was Daredevil. You're correct. Do you remember Vincent D'Onofrio played Thor in Adventures in Babysitting? That's right. That's true. One of his best roles. From Thor to Kingpin. Ooh, that's some dramatic rain. Oh. Right on cue. But, but here's, here's, here's the thing, <laughs> though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's raining, but she doesn't want to see him to see her right now. Because she's going <laughs> to do this. She's going to do this right now. Umbrella time. Oh, <laughs> Daredevil snap. dissed. Now what you going to do? Dis devil. Dis devil. Cuba, this is this is my this is my new favorite trivia right now. Cuba Gooding Jr. wanted the lead role but was not approached. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like lie, shouted man. that somewhere I and wasn't... someone heard that and put an IMDb. How many thumbs up does it have? <laughs> it's like he just shouted it and someone's like, I heard that and I'm gonna put an IMDb right away. <laughs> like I feel like that's just, that's something like Cuba Gooding would be like riffing with Denzel in American Gangster. It's like, yeah, I wanted that Daredevil role, but they wouldn't give it to me. Let me write that down and an IMDb. <laughs> I auditioned for my cat for the role of Daredevil. Is there a <laughs> is there a Rose thing with Kingpin in the comics, Jim? Because I don't recall it. His uh, his son was a gangster uh, known as the Rose. He kind oh. of rebelled against his father. He had a um, he took the roses as like uh, as, as his emblem or whatever, and, and and wore a mask so his father wouldn't know who he was. But he called himself the Rose and was kind of a competing uh, gangster for a long time in Spider Man comics. Uh, until he ended up being unmasked as the Kingpin's son. And so. Would you say this is maybe a fun nod to that by having him use the yeah, road? I think it is, yeah. I definitely think it is. Well, that's cool. Bullseye's motorcycle was a Triumph Bonneville America, by the way. You know, I thought so. Triumph's scene is in Anthony Hopkins' The World's Fastest Indian. Directed by Kevin, Ryan Donaldson of Tomorrow Never Dies, babe. <laughs> Kevin Smith's character was named Jack Kirby. Have we Kevin seen Smith. him yet? I don't think so. Have I, I talked so. over this? No, I, I come on, I'm like barely watching the movie because I'm conversing about this movie so much. <laughs> Lots of Joe Pants talking about things. Yep. He's actually looking for Mike Lowry, but he couldn't find him. I'm Joey Exposition in this movie. <laughs> classy Live. girls. Classy girls. Classy girls. Classy. <laughs> Keeping it classy, San Diego. <laughs> the film was originally due to be filmed in Montreal, but because Canadian enter- entertainment industry strike, 20th Century Fox had to film in Los Angeles. So it was the back lot that they there was there's their own lot they're using for those alley scenes that look so familiar. This is all director's cut stuff that I like quite a bit, actually. Where Matt Murdock's just like, I've had it, I'm tired of this shit, I'm gonna basically torture you into telling me what's going on. Well, I mean he messed up his costume room, so he probably couldn't find it to put it on. <laughs> yeah. He was he was scrounging around the floor trying to find his Daredevil costume and couldn't, so he just decided to wear a leather jacket and just yep. start doing this. <laughs> You keep saying Mike Novick, by the way, for people that don't understand what we're oh. referencing. He's a character from 24, this actor plays him. He also plays the um, 
character that beats, he, he plays the heavy yeah. in Sin City that beats up Bruce Willis while he's in jail. Harry, Harry, like, he's almost like it's almost unrecognizable if you'd seen him in Twenty Four and going to that. Yeah, Sin City. I like that as a detail, by the way, that that because it's a pacemaker that he can't read his heart signal as well as he wants to. It's like someone was like really like I got a clever thing for the script. Was there ever like talk of a sequel for Daredevil? Um, as I know Electro as... was always, you know, they were always planning on that. But like, as far as they had like, a big opening weekend, um, the it was the mix of reception and Ben Affleck's hesitance to do it because he did not have a fun time making this movie, um, and he con- consistently said, "I would only do a Daredevil sequel if Kevin Smith were to direct it." So yeah, no, that was his no. That was basically a no, yes. As far as um, uh, as far as uh, d- developing a sequel, yeah, I don't. There was never really a. Uh... Did we miss the Kevin Smith scene, or is that only in the theatrical cut? I think it's later. Okay. What's kind of a funny nod in Jay Silent Bob Strike Back when they're on the uh, Hollywood backlot running around? And a uh, Daredevil pops in. Whatever they had a guy in the uh, Daredevil cameo there, which I think is more of a regard for. The fact that Kevin Smith wrote on Daredevil as opposed to referencing the movie since it was a spandex comic comic book looking Daredevil and not like someone wearing that costume. Right. Plus, I mean, the whole uh, voiceover part where he talks about the Guardian Devil, that was the name of Kevin Smith's uh, story arc when he wrote Daredevil. It's called Guardian Devil and kind of informs some of the story beats uh, as well. So. Here's where we get that upside down mom. That's now a wow. <laughs> Which, but it looks so much more like a mom than it does a W. <laughs> like, like it looks like it, it did say mom and not wow. Like, <laughs> Jason Statham expressed interest in playing Daredevil. That would be yeah. Dude, did you see that HTML webpage that this guy's typing? Here is the Kevin Smith scene. Oh, here we are. We're right here. Go. I know we didn't miss it. <laughs> I'm, pay- I'm paying enough attention. This is um, this is a prequel to this character from Live for Your Die Hard before he gets like laid off. Yeah, he gets laid off and becomes a computer hacker. Yes. <laughs> After that, he becomes a lovable best friend in Catch and Release, starring Jennifer Garner. Oh, yeah, I remember that and one. And Timothy Olyphantastic from Live for Your Die Hard. Yes. You think that's where the um, Kevin Smith-Jennifer Garner... Um, beef came from was catch and release that's exactly where it came from like, oh, is he it talk- okay he's, t- he's talked about how he would try he, t- he tried to tell her like some story about her husband and i guess she didn't like the story he was telling her are, are you telling me this is a walking stick so the guy plays pool <laughs> yeah, Kevin's missed a fun so cameo in anything he shows up in. Yeah. Put on an ATB on Minnesota Fats. We're looking for a pool player. 
<laughs> Check all the. That's pool why halls. all those pool Get tables were on Newman fire earlier. And Tom Cruise. The ruin evidence. Here's the scene, Abe. Here it is, Abe. It's it's his own oh, music yeah. video. It might as well have the like the credits wow. on the, the top left or the bottom left corner right Yes. Now. <laughs> yeah, Evanescence, Epic Records, twenty. Should we, just, should we just sing out? Should we just sing this out? Is that what we should do? <laughs> My subtitles don't give me the lyrics. I mean, those bags are meticulously placed. It's the it's the danger room for Electra. Yeah, it's about as ludicrous as uh, Laura Croft like just fighting robots in her house in that movie. Can't wake up. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> I mean, imagine that sand is not going to go. That's what she has bodyguards for. It's a lot of sweeping and vacuuming on a on a. She. Uh, on a I like she hates sand almost as much as Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she drew a, a daredevil face on one sandbag just to be like, and "There's, that's my finish." You for last. It's it's her Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Is she looking at herself in the reflection, or is she seeing a another in thought? I, I, I think she was looking in the mirror, seeing Evanescence playing in the background of that yes. room. By the way, we just saw a shot of Colin Farrell going and jumping off of a roof. <laughs> <laughs> he was that's watching the movie we're watching right now. <laughs> that's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous. Also, the by one, the way, I'm hearing the this, one New York alley. We haven't talked about the Kingpin's plot in all this, but it's insane. Basically, he, he needed to create a paper trail to Electronachios' father in order to make him seem like the Kingpin, and he hired he hired Bullseye to kill Mr. Nachios, and for some reason, he needed to also kill Electronachios. <laughs> um, it, 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 and is like confused by the she didn't notice the stunt riding motorcycle man that killed her father but only saw a red stick impale him so she believes that daredevil is the one that would kill her father for some reason meanwhile bullseye is out to get revenge uh... on bullseye is out to get revenge on daredevil because he made him miss (laughs) with his with his like his his ninja stars (laughs) (laughs) yeah He's going American This is the most complicated right set of clotheslines I've ever seen in a movie. At night, too. I mean, this is more complicated than Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yes. <laughs> There's some John Woo doves. Foreshadowing paycheck. Now, looking at a scene like this, this isn't too far removed from Dark Knight Rises when you have Bane, Catwoman, and Batman all on the screen at the same time. Right. So many costumed characters tends to make a movie look a little silly. On rooftops. Costumed characters on rooftops. On rooftops. It tends to be like, yep, this is what a comic book looks like. Don't get me started on X-Men. Oh, boy. Lots of leather. Lots of wire work in this scene, too, by the way. Everyone, this, this This is wushu heavy right here. It's just a few years well, yeah, after the Matrix and, and Crouching Tiger. Yeah, Matrix, Crouching yeah. Tiger. That was how you were doing it. Um, this this was... is 2003. I assumed I watched Hero oh. and Daredevil back to back. Yeah, Born Supremacy was on the way. Oh four, yeah. It wasn't yeah. It was the next year would change. Change action forever. Change it, change it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, is, this is the these are the dog days right here of, yeah. of, of action movies with weird editing and scope. 
Also, Electra where you could the- see what was going on. Electra really beats up Daredevil, by the way. Like, that's hardcore. Him, yeah. Like, right through, through and Where's John? The question <laughs> at the beginning of the movie was like, why is he hurt? Why is he bleeding? It's been answered. I know this hurts. Yeah. Call Swear the John now. <laughs> Swear to me. I'm glad that Electra's like, I don't need to tie back my hair, by the way. I can do this in my sleep. <laughs> At least she did the practical thing, which is actually take off the mask, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, in Spider-Man, the Green Goblin knocks out Spider-Man, then takes it back to ma- secret well, lair. No, he takes it back to some random building in New York, not a secret it's, lair. <laughs> place away okay, from where, people. Where, where they have the worst scene in the movie, which is costume people talking to each other on a roof. Um, yep. <laughs> giving giving weird, weird exposition. exposition, exactly. Yeah. I mean that that mask. By that, we we have a commentary for Spider Man. We've talked about this before, but that's a movie that has a scene like that. By the way, I like how Electra is immediately like, "Oh, I probably should have listened to you while you were talking to me, explaining that you didn't do anything um, before I stabbed you." Also, I love Colin Farrell teasing her by saying "orphan" <laughs> to get her attention. <laughs> that shouldn't be as funny as it is, but to me, it's very funny. <laughs> We also talked over the line where Colin Farrell says, I want a fucking costume, because everyone else has costumes. As if he doesn't already have one. Well, he he has a fancier coat. Yes. Fancier coat, the belt buckle. This is where uh, women can't catch. That's that's the scene right here, because... <laughs> does it, does it Abe? Let's see. I, I hope that... <laughs> oh! Oh, man. I mean, he's... That's pretty dead He's on. bullseye. Why did she even try to, to show him up? It? Like, look, yeah, I can play superhero exactly. games. This is all. This is. A, there's a lot of games. different editing in this scene because of how bloody it is. Because um, this is the because the, the the director's cut is R-rated. Like all the blood that you see is not in the PG-13 version, with the exception of Daredevil getting stabbed. But even that's kind of modified a bit. Also, the scene right. coming up here, which I don't want to ruin because I I do like how this plays out as far as a superhero movie is concerned. <laughs> um, it was. You know what you guys said. It- True, or early on, is still true, which is all the the weird Dutch. Angles. Oh yeah, this is this is still heavy on the Dutch angles. But... It's pretty heavy, yeah. He's going to town. There's a lot. I mean, there's stuff. Garner. There's something to admire about a film like this, where a male villain and a female hero are fighting. Something you don't see in films. Still, you generally have female on female action and male on male action. Um, that and along with that, this is a mainstream movie where the villain. Does a number on the hero characters before he is dispatched. <laughs> also, he's magic. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Neil Patrick Harris of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. With a card. Yeah, Bullseye doesn't play around. No. Except right now when he's playing around oh, constantly dude. with these people. <laughs> this is always the creepy scene in this movie, by the way, right here. Where he he kind of like slowly creeps up on her after having you know cut her throat with a card, and now this is going to happen as Daredevil watches this from a distance, helpless. Like this, like as many flaws in this movie as there are, this is stuff that's hard to like really take in terms of what's happening. That right there. Wow. That that shot is actually blocked from a very famous panel in the comic where uh, Bullseye kills Electra. And the dialogue is nearly worked. 
heard in a lot of instances too. Yeah, it is. This is a huge cut right here where after he takes the sigh out of her, I believe he like he kisses her. Yeah. <laughs> and like they had to ch- they had to take that away. And I believe that's even gone over in um, the commentary and I think in this film is not yet rated, the documentary about the NPAA where they discuss the fact that killing impaling her is one thing, but impaling her and then kissing her, that's a different thing. <laughs> also, creative st- creative scene exits right there. Uh, Bullseye takes his his trench coat and whips it into camera and that's how you end a frame. <laughs> <laughs> Both her and, and her father impaled. In a, I didn't. I didn't put that one together. In twenty-four hours. Yeah, in a different movie, this would be really good stuff. Like this is a scene where Daredevil's girlfriend just crawls over to him, helpless because she's dying, and he she dies in his arms. In a more serious, fifty million dollar version of this film, I could see that playing really well <laughs> as an emotional yeah. way to end, to end like part one of this movie. Like in a different world, this would be like the, this could be like the end of the first Daredevil movie, where like the villains get like it's an empire ending, everything's dour and dark. Daredevil's like on the run. How crazy would that be <laughs> if that was how this movie ended? That'd be yeah. If there was like a heavier backstory, so you built the characters more, you establish this relationship more, and then the end, while starting trying to fight evil, they lose, and that's the end of part one of Daredevil the movie. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking myself into loving that version of the movie right now. Mm-hmm. This is about where we came in. Mm-hmm. Huh, flashback. And now the flashback is over. But the Flash is still airing CWs on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Which I heard Flash was is great, bro. Flash is awesome. Great show. Pick it up. Great show. And listen to the podcast to hear all about it. BCTV podcast. I am the danger. (laughs) Seriously. I mean... Well, that's, that's kind of Bullseye. I, bullseye's thing is he always like puts his arms out. Like, yay, here I am. He's a very theatrical person. Yes. Which Carl mm-hmm. Farrell nails, I'm telling you. Daredevil's, like, the beginning of this movie sets him up as if he's going to die. It's like, what's he dying from? He got stabbed in the shoulder and he has superpowers. Like, what's what's hurting him here? <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's hard, I guess. No, that's, that, I mean, that, that's... I mean, it's it's. it's... I mean, honestly, were were they official? I mean, they went on like two yeah, they've days. known each other for like three days. Wow. Yeah, well, dude, they they just... they both clicked. It's complicated recently because of her father's death being a little hazy. <laughs> oh man, just choking Daredevil out with the collection plate. Actually, Brandon, um, although Daredevil and Elektra are meant to have feelings for each other, they show I very few signs of affection. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shot, by the way, of Colin Farrell like gleefully climbing up something. <laughs> Here's some fun CG. Actually, this is the scene where you get like really awkward close-ups, like while they're like midair fighting at each other. We'll, we'll see.
right here, I believe. There, these shots right here. Where you have like it almost looks like a pan and scan. That's, that's really that was like the Sergio guy. Leone moments for Daredevil right there. <laughs> this is a huge church, by the way. Look how far he's falling. Yeah. <laughs> Where did this? Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be like Look a thousand how big this pipes in the organ. Yeah, what, like, what organ is this? <laughs> Imagine Bart Milhouse cleaning those pipes. Like a video game church organ. Well, they actually Rick Moranis came in. You didn't see oh, it. He okay. ah. down. So that's. Ant-Man's right there like, hey guys, I can help out if you need me. <laughs> <clears throat> this organ is huge. <laughs> it's, such a, it's giant. Here's a fun list of people for Electra that was considered Penelope Cruz, Salma Hayek, Natalie Portman, Lucy Liu, Jessica Alba, Katie Holmes, Mia Maestro, Rona Mitra, Jolene Bollock, and Nev Campbell. I'm taking Rona Mitra. Salma Hayek. Yeah, Rona Mitra. <clears throat> Based off Doomsday, yeah, Runometer could fit in here. Oh crap! <laughs> My I'm out of buckle. I do. I, that was a that is a great expression that he's got there. This is like if his, if this was an if this was an arcade game, he'd be, he'd be blinking red right now. Right? Yeah. This is amazing right here. This is my. <laughs> That's pretty. This is, this is the trailer shot right here where he does all this and like Daredevil's like backflipping. This is his abilities in action. He can backflip out of the way of stained glass pieces. And oh, Colin Farrell's apparently ass. worried now. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Those things that I do didn't work. I never miss, except for the 86 shards of glass I just totally whipped on. <laughs> <laughs> And those police just can't get into that church. Church, yeah, it's it, it's ba- it's. This is very Batman. It's the Father Gabriel Church where he's able to block at anybody that tries to come his way. Yeah, no, that's what Daredevil reminded me of. Batman. It was closer to that than any of the Marvel movies at the time. Well, because because you got the uh, you got the guy who's writing the story trying to track him down, which is kind of like what's his face? Yeah, uh, Arliss. Yeah, yeah. Arliss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, you know, you've got the uh, the church scene here, and then I don't know. It, a lot, some other stuff reminded me. Robert of, uh, Wool. Yeah, I was trying to think. Yeah. I was trying to think of his name. Playing Alexander Robert, Knox. Robert Wool. Harless. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, Batman. Knox. I mean, if it's not if it's not a Superman, it's Batman in terms of yeah. superhero movies that we saw after those two, which you know were the pinnacle of superhero movies at those times. I mean, every movie is either an origin story. Or a movie that's already kind of into it, but you know, trying to do its thing. And this is, but Daredevil is a combination of it's 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 Superman, Spider Man, and Batman all rolled into one very colorful, cartoony movie. It has dark sensibilities. It has an origin story. It has a lot of wire work, CG action stuff to it. Like it try it it does. It try that's it's that's its flaw really. It tries to do too much. It tries to be. It doesn't. It's never its own thing. Yeah, it never. It's never a Daredevil movie. It tries to be these three other movies that worked really well. Yeah, I, I think the Daredevil, the stuff it actually, the stuff it does bring is the like the the character stuff that we we're talking about with him and um, John Favreau that we were liking a lot. I agree. Yes. What, what it could have brought on its own had it just gone for that. 
and even just the stuff of him like in a hyper uh, the 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 his, his water chamber at night listening to the world around him like that's daredevil stuff that i can like picture really well yeah and like the catholic like if they emphasize his catholic like origins more and if they if they got into the kid character more, like they really delved into how, him growing into being Daredevil, which is what I hope the Netflix TV series does. <sighs> Come on, he just was it not a bullseye? There were like no cheesy lines. There were no cheesy lines until that. No, one. you're you're just we've <laughs> we we stopped talking while that one happened to play. There's, there's, been, yeah, plenty of, there's been plenty of there's been plenty of cheesy lines. Most of them coming from Colin Farrell. Also, Colin Farrell getting shot in both hands. I like that. That was fun. <laughs> That's a fun yeah. thing. This is like the worst. This is the worst thing in the movie for me, right here, where Michael Clark Duncan's like, "I'm from the streets, Wesley. You don't understand what this means." <laughs> when you kick in <laughs> Seth Green, get this guy. They got the the great Leland Orser. I mean, he, he's fitting here. He once put a knife on his thing in Seven and was forced into um, <laughs> actions. He also had an alien burst from his chest at one point. Yep. Oh. Did they finally open the church? I guess they did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, the key was under the rug, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I like that like Joe Pants is bringing up like all the stuff about Kingpin at the scene of this like horrendous church crime that's going down. All this stuff is director's cut. Like there's more of this Wilson Fisk Kingpin subplot in the director's cut as well. Yeah. Like this stuff's not in the theatrical. Because in theatrical, there's, like, nothing really to connect, right? Yeah, yeah because no, it, it, it's cause like, that, mur- that murder plot's so incorporated into the film. Yes. So. Yeah, there's, like, no reason. Like, the kingpin, the motivations of the kingpin are, are a little hazy in the yeah. theatrical. The version. motivation for the, the kingpin in the theatrical is um, he's the kingpin. You know he's a bad guy from the comics. So, here you go. Right, and, here, he, here he is. <laughs> yeah. And he's apparently he's responsible for Murdoch's father's Matt Murdoch's father's death, right? Which is another kind of flaw with a lot of these superhero movies of this era. All the heroes seem to need to have like this direct connection to the their, to their main nemesis. Well, it comes from Batman, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Batman Batman started it, but then yeah, you get yeah. the. But Sp- Spider Man was always there though in the comics and. I never really liked that change that they had when they had you know, Jack Napier as the murderer of the Waynes. I never really thought that fit. It worked. Oh, it was, it was, was Spider Man in the movie. It's weird that they would have this standoff here because you've never really been given like the Kingpin as uh, a. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw him kill two people in his first scene. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that, and I also understand that he's the one that put out the the hit order on yeah all these other people. But it's kind of weird for him just to be. It's kind of like the mob boss who at the end there just decides to take you on himself. Whereas, like you know, he, he's been through the streets. He knows that he can just no. But he he explained he's from the streets. Uh, you don't under he yeah. exactly says you don't understand because you're not from the streets. <laughs> yeah, I remember you. He just remember said it. He said it to Wheeler Norser. He's like, you're not from the streets. You don't understand. 
Planet of the Apes, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. Jim, what are other Daredevil villains? Like, I know Kingpin's kind of universal, but I know he's more attuned to Daredevil, along with, like, Spider-Man and some of the others. But what are other Daredevil villains besides Bullseye and Kingpin? Well, um, you know, Kingpin's kind of like the Green Goblin to, to Daredevil's, uh, uh-huh. you know, Spider-Man. But um, he, they're also, there's also the Gladiator who's kind of a, 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 has some mental issues, but Daredevil has been trying to reform him over the years. Uh, there's Typhoid Mary, who is uh, this, uh, uh, like... A, she shows a up in Electra, right? Yeah, yeah, she shows up in, in the Electra movie. Uh, also, the Owl, who was an old Spider-Man villain, who kind of ended up in the in the Daredevil canon as well. Uh, Edward Owsley, who um, uh, um, also the character who uh, Cal in the Agents of Shield right now, uh, Mister Hyde, uh, as he's known in the comics, uh, it was uh, also one of Daredevil's villains uh, along the, along the ride. But he also in the Silver Age had some really silly villains. He Daredevil fought against. Uh, I remember at one point Leapfrog, who's a guy in a frog costume who could sounds terrifying, very, very high, and, uh, st- and <laughs> the that, criminal and, mastermind and, Leapfrog, and and Stiltman, who oh. as you can probably figure out had really, he was really big. He was a good stilts. basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> But um, <laughs> so but Daredevil bad. shared his comment. I mean, he wasn't. I um, mean, after um the um Stanley and Bill Everett left in the first run, he really wasn't that popular. He had to share a book with uh, Black Widow for for like most of the seventies until Frank Miller took over. Yeah, that's so. that's how I tend to look at Daredevil. I mean, beyond some of the Frank Miller work, I tend to look at Daredevil as a guy that like randomly appeared in times with like Spider Man and and Black Widow and various other characters where he'd just be sharing the universe, which is fine. I mean, that's what fun. That's the fun about Marvel characters. They all kind of exist with each other. Right. He also had, he also had that, what is that alternate yellow costume, too. Yeah. Yeah, the original costume was yellow and red, and then they kind of had a, re, a revival of it um, after. I think it was during C.B. Sabalski's uh, uh, run, which was like – Probably about ten years after Miller's, but he brought back the yellow, a version of the yellow costume. It was like armored, kind of. And that's part of like the uh, the Lo- the Jeff Loeb and uh, Tim Sale color comic right. book series. There's Daredevil Yellow, which is like there's uh, what Spider Man Gray, or no Hulk Gray, Spider Man Blue, Gray, Spider Man Blue. And Blue. Uh, I think there's like Daredevil a, Yellow. There's like a Wolverine one too. I think isn't there? I don't know. I don't oh, know Wolverine had the. He liked that with the. Yellow and brown, or is it orange and brown? Yeah, yeah. So Daredevil just broke the knees of King. <laughs> that was his solution yeah. to his problems, which is pretty hardcore, by the way. Like, he, he he uses the water to his advantage, which was carefully set up throughout this film, and then he proceeds to break both of his knees, <laughs> and then then King falls onto his knees, which is hilarious. <laughs> which is hilarious. He's, he broke both his knees and, and cried out in pain. I won't kill you, but I don't I'm have to screech. take you to the hospital. I do remember that. In the, I do remember seeing. I saw that when I saw this movie in theaters. I remember that being a pretty painful way to go for to like deal with the kingpin. It's like wow, he just yeah. broke his legs. So like that's hard for him. Kingpin's logic, by the way, <laughs> it's like, or Daredevil's logic. Poor Kingpin is like, I'll I'll tell him who you are. Oh, that's fine. You yeah. tell him you were beat by a blind guy. There, I've stopped you from having to tell me what my secret identity is to other people. 
two commentaries in a row, Brandon, where we've seen the villain get captured by the police, setting it up for an eventual release from jail. This is true. Him and Cole Hauser from Too Fast, Too Furious. In uh, future Fast and Furious, I hope. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully. They're the bringing back Eva Mendez. The rumor's out. To... Eva Mendez is going to be back in for, for yeah. Octa 8, Octo Fast, as I'm calling it. Octo Fast. <laughs> is it going to be in space this time? Because I'm waiting for that one. No, that's Fast X. Fast oh, X, okay. yep. That's the 10th one. I mean, Machete's going into space, so. I expect Fast and Furious to fall soon. Probably could have grabbed your mask before you left there, Daredevil. But you know. I was going to say, he's not so secret. He's, <laughs> he's not got so three other ones at his, at his place. But then you'd have to clean it up to find oh, them. Oh, Olympic, get it? Oh, look, it's all coming together now. Oh, I thought that this was outside the Majestic and Jim Carrey's about to walk up. Finally, the, emotion, the, the emotional thread that we're all waiting for. Coolio's released from prison. <laughs> so how does how does the... Well, I guess I'll ask you guys later, but like, if there's no Coolio segment, does it just go into like this happy-go-lucky ending? Uh, the ending's a little... Yeah, you'll see, basically. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. Coolio says, Come along and ride on a fantastic slide. Slide, slide, slide. slide. <laughs> Daredevil got me off on the ride. He's going to an Amish paradise. <laughs> I mean, all that stuff's cut, obviously, Abe. This stuff plays out as it does, because it's just Foggy uh, right. and Matt talking. I mean, and um, it's... The Kingpin can't name Matt Murdock as the guy who went into... No, no he explained. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I kind of was listening to... Well, no, the, the, the idea was that... The upside down mom thing was actually the the name of the company well, of the of the company that Fisk and Leela Norser all work like for or whatever, and um, they went to Leela Norser and they got the they got all the information they needed on who the real kingpin is and it's not Nachios who they're trying to frame to be that but in fact Wilson Fisk Michael Clark Duncan's character, and so they had the paper trail gotcha. they needed to lead it back to the to the actual kingpin who's responsible for a multitude of crimes including that murder that we've seen play out throughout this film. Also, Jennifer Garner's stunt double just walked through the doors and went to go find yeah. her fake mm-hmm. Fun fact, this movie was banned in Malaysia. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Really? Huh. I wonder they, they have a real severe problem with blind people. <laughs> Could be. So all this, is, all this is not in the theatrical version. This is all director's cut stuff right now. The, Which is the actually, Church I mean, of the Holy Innocent. Which is the Church of the Holy Guilty? Get it, get it. It's in Gotham. Message. Get it, get it. Matt and Ben, huh? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, Matt yeah. And ben. <laughs> Together again. This is just like let's wrap it up now. All right. I know who you are, or do I? Maybe I'll not put out that article. <laughs> <laughs> and not get my Pulitzer. You know, without me in this film, it'll play it out just the same. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know who you are. 
Hey, I did light that DD logo for you. <laughs> That's what they were you saying. About that they, they had too much knock, so they just cut them out completely. <laughs> too much <laughs> knocks. Too much knocks. Yeah, it was originally called Batman School of Hard Knocks. That was the sequel title. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Wool was all for it, but Christopher Walken was like, hey, what about me, Max Shrek? Daredevil's got a good eye. Some people think he has two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but really, he has zero. All of this is not in the director's cut. Uh, There's time or not the theatrical cut. This part, this scene right here, is in the 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 uh, end of the credits of the theatrical version, where we get a reveal of what's going on with Deadpool, with Deadpool, with uh, Bullseye. This is just a fun. I like seeing this. This is just fun. <laughs> I like the Colin Farrell had to get in all of this garb to make the scene work for the two seconds that it appears on screen. Yeah, Abe, as far as the original ending is concerned, it's just all of this is gone. Um, Matt Murdock and Foggy are just talking, and then, yeah, Electronaccio's stunt double walks in, and then it cuts to him like he, he, um, Joe Pants is like seen thinking about typing the, typing up a report on who Derek really is. Oh, so it's it's something that. Well, it's coming up here. Like it's kind of, it's edited around all of this stuff. Like basically all all this lead up is gone. This is here where you get a hint that Electra could actually be alive somewhere. Dun, dun, dun. The the, uh, the superhero thing of wearing the uh, clothing the same color as your outfit. Well, his hair is red too. <laughs> He's a red kind of guy. Yeah, there's the braille necklace. Find me when you wake up. Electra Nachios Belgrande. <laughs> 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 She's at the she's at the Taco Bell on Second Street. She's making a run for the border, quick. Yeah, basically, it's just it's this scene and that scene we just saw are like the only things that make up the ending of the theatrical cut, followed by the very last stuff that we were going to see in a couple seconds here. Joe Pants gonna get killed. Exactly. Yeah. Joe. No. Uh, no. Naomi Watts as a brunette comes up and shoots him in the face. <laughs> That's an insurgent joke. Ninjas. <laughs> Joe, Joe Pants, had he been back with uh, back in the era of uh, the Leapfrog and the, the Stilt guy, he could have been the, the journalist. <laughs> I like how Joe, Joe Pants has never heard of Select All Delete, by the way. He just... <laughs> for the whole well, I mean, I, I, find it, I find it kind of troublesome that Joe Pants wrote all of that out, and then at the end he's like, nah... I just wrote this 1500 He was working through his demons article. while typing it. Much like the man who, without fear, working through his demons throughout this film. Now, he's going to go and th- find This is how I end my days. I'm like just running and I take a big jump like this. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Don't we all? I do like when superhero movies end with these kind of shots where it's like elaborate, like like the Amazing Spider-Man ends with that shot too, where it's like posing in the air and it's like this elaborate like web shooting at the yeah. camera. It's like something about that, just like yeah, all right, like I'm good, I'm good with that. So yeah, that's the that's yeah. Daredevil, the director's cut, all of it. Hmm. Boy, that was it's a movie that we kept talking about. That was definitely a movie that was made. <laughs> 
So, Abe, favorite movie? Yeah. <laughs> of 2003, than, uh, maybe. Better than uh, at least one Spider-Man? At, at least one of the five Spider-Man movies. At least one of the five? Yeah, maybe. I'd probably have to watch it again and understand the storyline. So that I I, I, I assume you'll be doing that right after this. You'll be watching it right because you're so like you're so yeah, taken in by feature. how great this was watching it with us. Talk. Essentially, what's going to happen is the theatrical version is going to play in like two minutes on my computer. So, yeah, I'm just going to stay up and watch it. Not go to work tomorrow, call in sick, be like, oh, Matt. I got a case of the sick. Daredevil, and they're like, no, that doesn't start till Friday. You're no like, no, I'm talking after like Daredevil. <laughs> and they're like, you're fired. Get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Too Fast, Too Furious also right, came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. 2003 yeah. was an amazing year. In terms of, in, in terms of blockbuster films, 2003 is like a pretty... 2003 and 2004 one. were like amazing like blockbuster years for movies. Hmm. Matrix Reloaded. Uh, the first Pirates. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you know, that Bad classic. Bad Boys 2. <laughs> Bad, Bad Boys 2. That classic. Bad Boys 2. Joe Pants, Pants, yeah, it, was the, it was the year of Joe Pants. That's what, that's what many people really call it. <laughs> he, was a, he was riding high on that Matrix acclaim. Even kids, they're it like, it's five, Joe Pants! It was a five-year uh, stretch where he was in pretty much every movie. Yeah. Now we're just watching credits, so if you're still listening... We're just, you know, checking out who the plaster supervisor is. There's Ron Butch Montgomery. He was the standby carpenter. Is this is this the calling? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. On the soundtrack? <laughs> Your favorite band of 2003? <laughs> From, like, 2003. Like, you yeah. ran, we, we ran track no, of this, No, right? they're not it. my favorite band. No, it's just... It's just that this is these are very old uh, bands that are... Or better really than ever, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> coming back strong that comeback tour well I mean based on Daredevil's Catholic upbringing of course it's the comeback tour <laughs> we did just pass Chelsea you. Rudd had the pleasure of being the assistant to Avia Rod <laughs> give me a cup of evil stat <laughs> all right well we'll wrap let's wrap up then <laughs> we're just talking about the credits now. fox purple haze was the first assistant director uh brandon peters where can people find more of your work online um you can find my work at whysoblue.com and that's basically a bunch of blu-ray reviews and then uh i have my blog the naptown nerd which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com you can find a bunch of film retrospectives and you can follow me at Twitter at BT Peters. Jim Dietz. Uh, HHWLED.com is the home for the uh, HHWLED Media Network where you can find this fine show as well as, as well as many others in a various variety of uh, geek and subculture categories. Uh, please come check it out, HHWLED.com, and uh, meet all of your podcasting needs in one place. You can find me at thecodeisZeke.com for my written movie reviews and podcast posts and what have you. I'm also just You can also like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash thecodeisZeke, where you can find everything that I do because that's the easiest way to condense it all. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? 
You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podomatic, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, you can email us out now podcast at gmail.com. We have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash out podcast, Twitter, out now underscore podcast, and all kinds of things. You know how to find the show. Yeah. Yeah. Use the we'll be there. Machine. We'll be there. Just like German Hansu in most movies. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you all for listening to our Daredevil commentary. Thank you, Brandon and Jim, for joining us to do this. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you for having I, uh, thank I you. hope. I, I look forward to watching the Netflix show, which we actually didn't really talk about that all that much. But maybe we'll have a whole. I like Abe. And, I feel like Abe and I. We should like. We should watch. I mean, I know Jim. You guys will. You at the HHWLD will probably do a Daredevil thing in some format. But I think I feel like because April's so dead, I feel like Abe and I should try to watch all of the Daredevil show and just we do might, it for like the last yeah, week before we, Avengers comes out or something. We might just do like some sort of Netflix thing where it's like, yeah, I'm working with Kimmy Schmidt, Daredevil, yeah, all the all that. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. But. Yeah, Jim. Oh no, I was going to say they're going to be definitely following. They're going to be uh, going uh, uh, in depth on it over. It's all connected. It follows all the Marvel Studios output. But uh, I've already uh, requested the day off for my wife just so I can watch it on Friday. So I'll be checking it out all in one sitting. Have fun with that. And um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's uh, bonus commentary episode. So once again, glad anybody that stuck around, stuck around through this whole thing, stuck around. Uh, I know it's quite a long one because of the director's cut, but um, that's going to do it. So, until next time, so long. <laughs>